recording. Hello, this is episode 14 of Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Jace. I am Brett. I am Jace. Hurrah. We are a Geelong-based gaming podcast where we play some games badly and then talk shit about them. Uh, but that's kind of not the focus for this one. So it's only been eight days since we last recorded, so we haven't played a game together. No. It's, uh, yeah, there was always, you know, a discussion when you first started this about how regular mm-hmm. these casts would be and things like that, knowing that we hey, had to get a game in, potentially learn how to play it, um, and then, again, work out a time to, to actually record and then put it up. So, it turns out eight days is way too soon for that to all have occurred. I think originally you were talking that we'd get a maybe a podcast a month. Look, the, and that was the just my experience. Last podcast I did was sort of monthly, and by the time the the planets align, um, and you know, you can herd the cats that are other people to to make that happen. And to be fair, it was a lot harder when we had multiple. Like the more hosts, the harder it is to make happen. So mm. this is infinitely easier. It's also a lot closer. I don't have to drive to the western suburbs yeah. of Melbourne, like um, five minutes walk away from each other. So, so. <laughs> But, you know, it went from monthly to fortnightly to, oh, we can maybe do a little bit more than that. But eight days is too soon. Eight days is, is, this is definitely a record for us. In fact, it would have been seven. Oh, that's right. Except I kind of forgot that yesterday was Saturday. Uh, Well done. I'm not sure how you can forget about Saturday. Saturday's a good one. Not that I forgot it was Saturday. It's that I forgot which days things were on and that they were actually the same day, not different days as it was in my head. So it turns out, you know, the calendar on the wall, my Google calendar, my work calendar, all of those are a lot more reliable than the one in my head, which is the one that I most often rely on. Um. (laughs) Oh, well. So, eight days. We'll give a little bit of a hobby update, shall we? Because, I don't know, how much stuff can you fit in eight days? What does eight days of hobby look like? Well, I was actually having a quick listen to the last podcast this afternoon, and in the two weeks prior, there was not an awful lot of hobby talk that we had to talk about. In in eight days, I think I've at least tripled that. (laughs) So... um, uh, what have I been up to? I have done a little bit of TV watching. I did have a spate of maybe three days. Monday I turned up to work not feeling great and half past ten I was out of there and didn't go back until Thursday. So I spent a couple of days in bed and in front of the TV and I binge-watched George R. R. Martin's Night Flyers which is on Netflix, uh, which is a science fiction show. Um, ten episodes, I think? Yeah, ten episodes, 45 to an hour each. Everybody dies. <sighs> there were deaths. There were, it wasn't good. <laughs> and, be, and it's really because I was home and I didn't have anything else and I shouldn't have kept going, but I just... You know, it's easier just to keep going than Netflix to try and find something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, not great. Like they had this big, in episode nine, they had this big event thing happen 
which they showed footage of before episode one, like as the teaser as you go in. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. And then, like, episode 10, they kind of just ignored the fact that one of them went a bit crazy. And then he was, is oh, it was just, it was just weird. Yeah. Um, Night flyers, do not recommend. Uh, Three I, days in bed, though, that sounds... I mean, it was I not fun. No. No. I mean, I legitimately came home 10.30 or so on a Monday and passed out until about 4.30 that afternoon. Okay, not a good sick. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, at least Monday my son was home, so sleeping through it was probably a good thing. Tuesday, Wednesday, kind of had the house to myself, so I could just, you know, veg out in my own space, which was good. I also finished watching a TV series called High School, which is like the history of computer games and gaming consoles and stuff like that, and that was actually really good. So that made up for it. I think I watched High School after Nightflyers. I'm pretty sure I did. (laughs) God, I hope so. Um, let's see, what else have I been up to? I have played a couple of games of Mordheim on the Xbox. Mm. So I did pick that up for like seven bucks or something like that when it was on sale. I'm not really sure what I'm doing in the Xbox game, especially like they, they said, you know, create a new warband. Would you like to play the tutorial? I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good. (laughs) And then the first game I was like, um, what am I doing again? So I've got a little Escape from Warband, which is yeah, kind of like what I had for our game, but a little bit different. Um, I thought of going a bit more hardcore and, and taking like slings and stuff like that, but shurikens is what the game gives you. So, But I played a little bit of that. And then um, to... Last podcast, I talked about how I got um, a new edition of the DC deck building game. Um, So at work, I ordered in some sleeves to cover that. So just enough sleeves, a little bit over to to cover all the cards in that. Picked them up today and then thought, I'll just get another one. (laughs) So (laughs) I bought another version as well. Uh, So now, of course, I need more sleeves. So... Uh, this is what happens when I work, obviously. Yeah. Especially when I don't work for a while. I'm like, yeah, I've still got money, haven't I? I'm casual. Like, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, the other big thing was Friday. So Friday I was back at work. First day feeling 100%, so I ended up working like 9 till a bit after 7. So it was a long day. I popped in to throw the dice on the way home. Uh, then got a message from the wife saying uh, we need chocolate she's desperate for chocolate that evening obviously the kids were you know being kid like um, all the while like I get a message at maybe 9.30 in the morning on Friday saying your new Xbox will be delivered today so yeah I got through I didn't get home till like close to 8 but and of course when they went to deliver it the wife was picking the kids up from so no school, so no one was there. So I was dreading the whole get to a post office between 9 and 12 on a Saturday trying to pick it up. But they, because it was courier, they actually left it at the 7-Eleven, which meant that um, 
Is that a thing? Apparently so. Like, I'd never noticed, but the local 7-Eleven has uh, parcel lockers. I did not know either. No. So I rocked up there just before I came home and said, oh, I've got to pick up a package. And he goes, oh, yeah, last last row. So I went down there, and it's a big computer thing. I pressed in my PIN number, and it said, no, Brett Peeble, sign here. I'm like, no, signed. Um, and then a locker opened, and there was my Xbox. It was That's crazy. The so in the world. I, I need to work out how to use this. <laughs> Well, it, it meant that rather than wait till Saturday, I Friday night I had the Xbox open. Yeah. I got it all, you know, set up, and I started the two hundred gig download of all the games that I wanted to put back on oh, it. Yeah. And there was my next question because I remember setting up the one when that first came out, and my first two days of that, I reckon, were just downloading updates. Yeah, pretty much. Um, what happened is it probably took me till about lunchtime the following day to get done. There's a bit of fiddling around because I've got uh, a lot of games on hard drive, external hard drive for the old one, which I've now put into the bedroom so the wife and I can watch you know, Disney Plus in bed, which is good. Um, but the issue that I had was Xbox has a thing called game sharing. So you can share your account with one other Xbox. And what that means is that basically any console that you have put your Xbox account on, Mm -hmm. any games that you purchase online, so digital download, will get copied onto that Xbox as well. So I've got a friend of mine that buys all his games digitally. So And it doesn't have a sex Xbox to share with. Oh, no, yeah. So he's got his own Xbox. He plays them all on that. And he's like, I'm like can I just have your username and password? He's like, yeah, sure, no worries. Throws it throws it my way. That was the sound of him throwing it, actually. And so I had a couple of games that he had purchased, like Assassin's Creed, um, Star Wars Squadron, Cyberpunk. Uh, but, of course, the new Xbox didn't recognize them, saying, you know, have you purchased these? Please put in proof. I'm like, oh, crap, I haven't got proof. So sent him a message the next day, and he's like, Oh, yeah, here's my details again. <laughs> cool. Right. Put them in. Straight away, they're up and running. Which is good, because uh, the new Assassin's Creed is the one I really want to try out on the Xbox. So. This is Valhalla. Mm-hmm. This is the one that could get me in trouble. I have played a little bit of it through the Xbox One, uh, and it's really good, but I wanted to leave the majority of the game for the new Xbox, mm-hmm. because uh, it, it does have significant loading times with the old Xbox. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I played a bit to see what it was like, but I didn't go too far in. All right. But it's pretty. Yeah. It's it's very pretty. It's a problem. And I... When was the last time I dove into Assassin's Creed? It's been a while now. And I feel like they've released a couple and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I can avoid these. Mm -hmm. I don't... You know, just the general, um, you know, kind of look and feel and where it's placed and all that kind of didn't didn't really tickle the pickle but Valhalla mm, that's, look, that's they, they went through a phase where they were doing like one a year and they were good and they started getting a bit yeah, same old same old yep. and so I sort of 
dove out for a while. I, I didn't even play Black Flag for a long time. I only yeah. played that. See, I did Black Flag. This year? I did. Whichever one was the one after Black Flag? Was it are you American talking Rogue or Revolution? Or American Revolution was before. All right. So I did them in the wrong order. <laughs> um, and that's kind of at the point where I gotcha. bowed out. Yeah, the next next one after Black Flag, I think, apart from Rogue, which was like an Xbox 360 pirate type one. Yeah. Um, was Syndicate, which is the British one. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I kind of yeah. tapped out there too, but then they did an Egyptian one and that's always interested me. And then the Greek one was really good and now Valhalla. So. Yeah. See, I managed to just go, oh, no, I can live without Egypt. And yeah, Greece, I've played God of War. We've done that. Um, <laughs> it was very much that. There were very, very many fights like that. And the Greece one, I ended up riding like a flaming horse for a long time, which kind of takes you out of the whole Assassin's Creed yeah. aspect. Um, but yeah, no, still good. So I've got that now. Um, but actual hobby hobby. There's been a couple of things. Uh, last episode, I talked about how I'd painted one model mm-hmm. in two weeks. Uh, this time, in eight days, I've painted one model. So, uh, listen. As long as you do nothing for the rest of the fortnight, you are <laughs> part of the course. I have, uh, I was listening to the Hobby Homies Live episode um, and doing some painting while that was going on. They record them on Wednesdays, yeah? Yeah, first yeah. Wednesday of every month. So, in true form for this week, I tried to listen to that on Tuesday and failed. <laughs> um, That's right, and then you didn't turn up to it. And then, no, because I had something on Wednesday. <laughs> it's it's so, one of those weeks. Wednesday was Tuesday for you. Saturday was Sunday. Yeah, I had Saturday and Sunday <laughs> reversed. It was. It, it's, it's been, been like that. Um, anyway, I did manage to paint the uh, witch elf that Games Workshop gave away. So I got my hands on one of those, thankfully, uh, through um, Clinton, who had picked up one for his son and his son didn't need it. So I was like, I'll take that. So I did paint that up. Um, it was done in one session, so mm-hmm. it wasn't, it's not the best of paint jobs, but it actually looks all right. And I did this, uh, beautiful, um, definitely green, not quite goblin rim around the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. just for you, Jace. Appreciate it. Um, other hobby wise, I have, last night I spent a good amount of time putting together the Imperial Nobility team from the new Blood Bowl season. Um, I have also fixed up and we've got the Blood Bowl website for our Blood Bowl League up and running again. Uh, so fisticuffs.bloodbowl-league.com A um, bit of, you know, it's just a local Geelong Blood Bowl thing that we run with very laid back. Nobody's really overly fussed about winning you know it's not the be all and end all it's more about perfect having fun. perfect world we actually play the games that's exactly where we're at. so i was thinking you know season four we will start probably in the next couple of weeks give or take christmas and imperial nobility they look fun you know something different something i don't usually play human teams um non-chaos human teams i mean so i thought i'll give them a go they're kind of like the old Bretonians. They're almost exactly like the Bulldogs. Almost exactly. And I can I can totally make puns on those. I've got like a whole team names in mind, oh, so I'm all set. 
Um, so that is all ready to go for when we start the season. Legitimately, the only reason I have not put a team onto that website for this league yet is because I need a ridiculous pun for a team name <laughs> uh, or some kind of theme at least to run with for the, the players. And I haven't come up with one that I'm happy with yet. I'm, so. I'm, I've got name, puns for the names. I'm all set for the names, but uh, I just went... Uh, so my, my team name is definitely not with an exclamation mark and then in brackets, Bretonian. <laughs> So, um, so that's all ready and good to go. And then the last thing I did was yesterday, I managed to sneak away after we'd done Santa photos with the kids, snuck into GW, and I have pre-ordered Diachasm for Underworlds. And of course, the other two side, the other side of that coin is, I mean, GW are giving these nice metal coins away if you spend like over 165 in a transaction within a month and this month's is how much is death guard 125 oh cheeky bastard i know right so i needed that death guard coin i love death guard and so i needed to find something else and i i had planned for this eventually for this possibility because i'd actually gone into gw on their website and listed a few things that i was intrigued by all of which were like 70 bucks or more. So I'm like, oh, that's too much. There's a whole heap of new Warcry books coming out. There are. So the Chaos one deals with all of the Chaos teams that you can play Warcry for, mm-hmm. uh, including Skaven. Mm-hmm. So I pre-ordered that. That was 55 bucks. That put me above. That's yeah. exactly, yeah. You've so, always nailed that one. Yeah. All right. Um, but that is me. It's a fair amount more than last time. Yeah. I haven't pre-ordered Diachasm. It's on the list of must-gets, but it's just how quickly... Those Slaneshi models. They are amazing. Oh, they look good. It was funny. So my first ever Warhammer army back in high school was High Elves. Mm-hmm. And there's... So they, they hold that kind of special nostalgic place, but... And I I am not hating on the New Age of Sigma aesthetic for them at all, but I just don't know that they've nailed the warband, mm-hmm. the, the Underworlds warband for them. There's there's just stuff I want to change. Like, if that guy's supposed to be having a big sword, that sword needs to be a shit ton bigger. <laughs> um, those kind of things. So, But the Slanesh ones are so bang on. They're yeah, so good. They, oh, that, that half beastman slash... Yeah. Demon thing. Oh my god, five wounds. Um, it's a beast. So I'm given that they've recently had some whatever they call Chaos Warriors, they're probably something different now, but the Slanesh ones mm-hmm. they've released, or at least the previews for what they look like. Um, that definitely needs to be a Chaos Blood Bowl team. Mm-hmm. That absolutely. Is absolutely happening. Everything needs to be a Blood Bowl team. Um, they're too good not to. And I had a kind of slanish Chaos Blood Bowl team conversion thing planned. And then they released these and went, well, that takes a lot of the work out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I'm so, sort of hoping that that Beastman, the slanish demony beastman looking guy, there's more coming. Yep. And I can have Chaos Beastmans that I don't have to do as much work to. Because that would be glorious. He's so pretty. I saw just through trolling the the interwebs today um, 
one of the things that you got for pre-ordering Diachasm was uh, from GW was a um, priority coin. Mm-hmm. So having no idea what this is, I've, I've now found out what this means. Mm-hmm. There's this new rule. So it sounds like they've done, from the sound of this, they've done a lot of work to the game um, and a couple of changes. So I'm excited, much like, you know, from what Blood Bowl, the changes to Blood Bowl were. Uh, this priority thing is a new rule, which whoever has the coin at the end of a round gets an unspent, uh, gets a spent glory token. So, okay, um, which starts you know obviously you can't use for upgrades or anything, but you start getting a little bit more. But effectively, yeah. it gives you points. Absolutely, points yeah. towards the end of the game, and you get that priority token by killing a model in one shot, mm-hmm. and killing a leader or having four objectives at once. And so that coin's going to go back and forth. Yeah, and it's, it's, or it's not going to move at all. One of those two things. Well, that's happen. true. Um, but it's going to add different tactics to the game, which yeah. I'm excited about. Look, what will be interesting, and this is completely, this is the first time I've heard of it, so this is completely off the cuff, but it'll be interesting to see how that changes deck builds. Mm-hmm because you actually start accounting for, if I can do this, I'm going to get the points for this objective and the priority. Yep. Um, it'll also be interesting to see whether they bring in any gambits, reactions, or anything that says the priority can't be stolen. Um, yeah, look, I, I know there is an upgrade coming, which basically says, I think if you kill anybody with this character who's got the upgrade you get the priority token so yep. there's going to be cuts that, that affect it for sure it. so yeah very excited about that plus you know, new underworlds yeah. and slanesh <laughs> the warbands are amazing yeah um and finally the last chaos got it needed to happen yep. i've been hanging out for it for the last however long um yeah, I'm going to have to buy it is the moral of the story both those warbands are too good yep. not to own i think you need to um, so but that's just, me. Yeah, it's just going to be when. All right, so eight days. What have I done? Let's let's do that. <laughs> um, so I just doing the math about when eight days was. Yeah, no. So I finished because the hobby homies terrain tournament finished on Monday, and that's the night I was finishing terrain for the mm-hmm. hobby homies terrain tournament. So you finished on the Monday. I finished on the Monday. Timing at about ten o'clock. Yeah. So I had like a two whole, two whole hours to take photos mm-hmm. and send them in. Um, so that was fun, and that was look, it was it was super fun because it was a bunch of three D printed um, kind of Asian themed terrain, um, but I'd printed it all with a view just to get it done. So the layer lines were pretty high, like it, it was pretty rough. It was pretty quick. It was how how quickly can I bang out a shit ton of terrain on the printer? Mm-hmm. Because Apparently, my wife can hear it running at night, so she doesn't like it because it keeps her awake, even though it's in the garage. Um, Is it that loud? It's not that loud, but also I sleep like a log, so I mm. wouldn't have a clue. Um, and she does not. And at the moment, she's pregnant, so her priority, she wins yeah. in, in all these things. She gets the priority coin there. so <laughs> And I cannot be taken away. Yeah, so it, it's got a maximum runtime of a day mm. like, over the course of the day. Um, it kind of has to cut out by about midnight. And um, so there's that. And I don't like running it when I'm not in the house because apparently they can catch fire. Um, 
but so this is me trying to get as much done as I physically can as quickly as I can within the parameters of it can only run during day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said down down the quality a bit and just up the speed and said let's see what turns out. Fair amount turned out to a point that I was happy with enough. Okay, that's good. Um, and then in the same instance, I'd left all of the painting that I had wanted to do to the last two days of the the tournament. Um, so I'd already done the the castle grayscale looking boneyard mm-hmm. stuff, and this was kind of the stretch goal. And I'd had plans on doing a lot more, a lot faster, and did not give myself time to do that. So I had two nights to make it happen. Um, I had everything spla- uh, just sprayed in like a blue, almost like a bloody royal blue mm-hmm. um, as a base primer, working on the principle that I had limited time. So the only way I could make this look good is if I made it look interesting. And the quickest way to do that is use different colors. Yep. Um, Seems legit. So after having the the base color, the blue, I grabbed a whole bunch again of the, just the cheap dollar Kmart acrylic mm-hmm. craft paints and a makeup brush. And I spent two nights dry brushing just with random colors on stuff. Um, and when I say dry brushing, it's not really dry brushing because for a dry brush to work right... You put the paint on the brush and then you kind of wipe all the, the moisture off. So you've only got dry pigment. Yep. I just skipped that step. Okay. Um, I think in the industry, the technical term is overbrushing. Um, but yeah, it's just a really heavy dry brush where you don't take the paint off. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of start where you want the most color. And, <laughs> and work your way out until the paint runs out. From and then you and stick it back in. Start again. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, two nights of that. Um, but it turned out okay, got a shit ton done. Um, and it was, yeah, as I said, got, got done with a couple of hours left to get photos in, which was surprising to everyone, myself included. Um, so that was the first couple of nights of hobby. And I was a bit done because I'd spent four nights almost consecutively dry brushing terrain. Well, it obviously paid off. Yeah, look, it, and I still haven't heard the, the final <laughs> results, so, but apparently, um, yeah, results were had, and I should probably let them know where I live at some point. Yep. Um, but that being said, what I have seen is the photos of the stuff that um, uh, Foggy did for who ended up winning, mm-hmm. um, and... It's stuff that I've used forever ago, but haven't really. He takes it to a whole other level. He's basically using like the expanding foam spray and he just sprays giant mounds of it and then carves it. And it, you know, by the time he finishes with some texture and some paint and some grass and flowers and shit, it looks incredible. So power to him and um, congrats on taking that one. It was well-deserved. Oh, totally well-deserved. Like, mm, nobody else had a chance, really. No. Not, not compared to what he was doing. It was and, incredible stuff. And he'd had a lot of that done at the... Like, he mm. started at the start. And it was legitimately nearly three months to do this project, and he used Actually it. used the three months to do stuff. Um, and so, like all of us. I mean, you got a couple of nights in. I didn't yeah. even get that. It was, look, there was plans. Um, I still stand by the fact that I will get my stuff done by spring, end of spring next year. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't gone back and listened to see whether there was a, uh, a mention of the year, but anyway. 
doesn't matter. Um, so the other thing that had shown up recently was I bought randomly just as a, an ad hoc purchase, um, Jane's R. So the mm-hmm. Eldar Howling Banshee Phoenix Lord model, the new one, yep. not the old one. The old one is actually not terrible um, and hasn't aged too badly, but the new one is very pretty. Um, so pulled her out of the box, got her assembled and undercoated. And then I got, fortunately have managed to, to again, line some time up. And this is why I wasn't around on Wednesday night because I had lined up a, a painting night mm-hmm. with, um, Adam Smith yep. and Meg Maples, okay. um, over at Throw the Dice. Totally understand now. Now your excuse is justified. Yeah. So before um, it wasn't, I was really holding it against you. Fair call. Um, and yeah, so I said I was available pretty much whenever, mm-hmm. um, because you know any chance to paint with Meg is a good good opportunity. And for for context, so she's just moved to Geelong. Um, incredible, like um, studio painter for Privateer Press. Um, so I learned uh, has commission done commissions for George R. R. Martin. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, Look, I've seen her stuff, and it makes. Well, we're sitting in front of the dice talking Makes about look, it, looking, look at, bad. looking at some of the boxes on the wall of stock. And she's mm-hmm. like, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a, a mind blower, but um, super keen. She's super keen to do some, A, some more hobby sessions, but some classes mm-hmm. and some, you know, start really stimulating the, the painting side of the hobby around this I parts. really don't think that I could have anything that I painted in front of her. Without dying of embarrassment. The good thing is, is and look, she gets that a lot, to be fair. The good part is, is she's excited about whatever anyone is excited about. So she went in on the Thursday night after then mm-hmm. and um, helped Rich judge his sprue challenge yep. stuff and did just, you know, some feedback mm-hmm. and some, you know, in, in helped out there and they videoed it and the whole lot. It was really cool. So... She's basically down just to help. If if people are excited about hobbies, she's excited about it, and we'll help them do whatever they want to do, okay. not necessarily, um, you know, what she is doing, because you know people are all doing it for different things. Now, do you, has Rich posted that video yet? Do I haven't know? seen the video. Yeah, because I've seen, I've seen the, the yeah, I saw the results as well, and yeah, they were some impressive looking things. Out of sprues. Out of sprue. Yeah, there's some cool stuff, um, and I think Joel. Ended up taking mm-hmm. it out with it. It was a super cool piece. Um, and he's, I think he's the only one that's entered both of the two events that he okay, had yep. Rich's run. So both the duel. What did he enter in the duel? He had, it was the Chaos Warrior mm-hmm. and the Knight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I did like that piece. one. Mm-hmm. And then this one. So, um, yeah, again, super well deserved. Um, but yeah, I got, I got a Knight of Painting in, which yep. is awesome. Um, I've spent a little bit more time since then, but I'm trying to line up another one this week sometime just to get some more space in. Um, on that, I cleaned up my hobby space. It was okay. pretty trashed, pretty seriously trashed. Um, so I did that thing where you take all the half-finished projects you have lying around and you put them all in boxes and hide them from view. Um, I should do that. I've put a whole heap of stuff, a whole heap of stuff on my desk, like put together. Some of it started. I need to clean it up. And I because, sit down and I'm like, yeah. what am I going to do? Which one am I going to spend exactly. you know, most of that time just staring at mm-hmm. it rather than doing stuff? So put it all away except for the one thing I'm working on. Um, 
and look, the other thing is, is I tend to work in my own space. So I pull paint out of, like I've got paint racks and shit all over the place. I pull paint out of it and then it sits next to me where I'm painting and mm-hmm. I slowly encroach on the, the space that I'm painting till I'm painting in like a, a 40 mil base size or, you know, it's, it's effectively that the painting space I've got is the size of a painting handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest is just paints and brushes and paper towel and a palette and whatever else. Yep. Um, so I cleaned all that up and started again. I've got some fresh space. Looking nice. Let's see how long it lasts. Not long. And invariably, this is the way I work. It it sort of encroaches to the point where I crack the shits and I clean it all up again and then I just start that process. Um, So that is pretty much all of the hobby hobby stuff I have done. But I I managed to sneak in a a sneaky game. You certainly did. On Friday. It was. It was was Friday. It was the Xbox day. Uh, Of course. Um, so we finally lined up the final of the last Blood Bowl season. Mm-hmm. So this, we were literally going into finals when lockdown first hit. So that would have been, what, yep. February, March? Yeah, the last games, I think, I looked it up the other day, were played at the end of Feb. And then we got to a point, yeah, we had the grand, we played the semi-finals, so it was the grand final and the playoff for third, and then... Lockdown. Yeah. So we finally played that on Friday night. So it was myself and Chris's vampires. Um, again, at Throw the Dice, we, we booked the, the store, got in. Um, and it, it was actually funny going back to the previous edition of Blood Bowl Man, mm-hmm. um, which fortunately there weren't that many changes. No. So it didn't really matter. Um Sorry, it still felt like the same guy, but that was an awesome game. And it just, it, it re-reminded me of how much I love this game and why I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has absolutely nothing to do with A, the result, or B, the fact that my dice were just hot. <laughs> um, and Chris's went up, um, which in turn tells you the result of the game. But yep. yeah, it was, it was amazing. So I ran Cast Wolves. Which I'm probably not going to do ever again, to be honest. They're a little bit too reliable. Um, they're kind of dwarves. They're kind of dwarves, but they had like, and I was hoping that the the addition of goblins or hobgoblins, mm-hmm. which are effectively humans, it's not terrible, um, and bull centaurs to give you a little bit of movement, um, and a minotaur, that's better. Yeah, um, would make it more bearable. And look, it does. It's not playing dwarves, but you just, I don't know, it just didn't feel like the same tense games that I'd wanted to play. Um, They're just a little bit... Like, even when you're getting hit and stuff, everyone's armor infinity. Mm -hmm. It's actually a really high chance of... Like, them being perfectly fine in every instance. And this kind of played out that way this season. So, I think the worst thing that happened was when Minotaur got injured and move busted. Yep. So, I have movement for Minotaur... Which is something you probably want to blitz with most days. This is it. Um, and Frenzy makes it a little bit harder because mm. then you suddenly have to take that second one and then go for it and, yep. and etc. But um, he kind of just kept up with the dwarves and not the anyone else. So it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, I suppose not. Put him front and centre and if he dies, he dies. Yep. I was kind of saving up to replace him anyway. Um, so... 
Yeah, that that means that I get to hold that giant ass trophy for a season. Giant ass is is an interesting term. Yes, <laughs> this is why I dropped in to throw the dice on Friday was to drop off the trophy that I've had my hands on for you know quite some time. Obviously, due to the COVID lockdown, um, it's a beautiful fist of a trophy which, you know, we can have a little plaque printed off with the, the winner's name. So that I had that from last season. Um, and I literally, I strapped it into the car, put the seatbelt around it and drove it around. It would have been weaponized if it yep. had a, you know, in, in case of an accident. Um, yeah, so, but I've just realised that if next season is a shorter season, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to hold, not hold on comparatively. Comparatively, no. Well, comparatively, no one's There's probably no going to hang, hang on to it as long as I did because, I mean, the aim is with with our, our Blood Bowl, we try and get two, we'll try and get two seasons in each year. Uh, gives plenty of chance for people, for new players to join. And, you know, we've got at least one brand new player this season. We try and make it as... Yeah, because we're not playing for... Nobody's playing power builds or, no. or really trying to do... We're all mucking around, playing new, mostly playing new teams each new season. Teams every season, yeah. It's... Um, I played Underworlds f- this season because I'd run Nurgle, then Chaos, and... Which, it sounds really odd, considering the fact that, that you and I are the commissioners of the, the, the league... Um, but both my Chaos teams went undefeated and mm. won the grand final. So I wanted to play something a bit, you know, more yep. squishy. So I played Underworlds and then I've still got to play the game for the third. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the other half of that is in the top four, you had me power building it up with Chaos Wars. Um, and then you had Vampires, Ogres and Underworld yep. as the next three teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I was not expecting any of those teams to do anywhere near as no. well as they did. And, and to be quite honest, I, I felt for you when I, especially when I walked in and I was seeing you and, and like just the expression on your face, the expression on Chris's face, Chris's vampires, like the way they've been playing this, well, yeah, I'd say this season, but like back in Jan and Feb, um, that was, yeah, my money was on them. My money would have been on them, to be yep. perfectly fair. Um, especially given he just had a vampire level up to get strength five. Yep. Um, strength five, vampire. The God, amount scary. Everything had block dodge. Dodge I don't care so much about. Um, but the move, the mm-hmm. decent move, the edge for the strength four, he, it was kind of like playing hard-hitting owls yep. with a bunch of humans to tie me out so I couldn't do anything about it. So if the dice had gone Chris's way, it was actually a really good matchup for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but vampires, like that's so not a team you'd expect in a grand final. And, and ogres. Yeah. And I mean, underworld as well, but you know, we, we just make, we try and make a bit of, bit of fun. So, um, you know, we encourage people to play, fun teams whatever they want to run yeah whatever they um, want to run try something new each season if you want to and um i mean the new guy that's joining us kieran he's playing halflings for his first season so yeah you know i said to him yeah this is halflings is hard yeah yeah you, you, you know, you'll have fun training wheels off yeah it'll be fun 
Um, and then he goes and plays Noodle on Saturday and one, two, one. So <laughs> maybe he'll be fine. Maybe, yeah, he'd be good. As I said, Jack coming in with the Ogres in the first one mm-hmm. um, and doing surprisingly well there. Although he had a rough game against me as well, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, look, I kind of felt bad playing the, the Chaos Dwarfs this season. Um, and it, most of it stemmed from the fact that I had ideas for conversions that mm-hmm. I really wanted to do. Um, and I'd just run, I'd run Kislev, Slan, take your pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd run Corn. Yep. Um, and I'm like, oh, no, I can probably, probably do. And then everybody else ran, you know, kind of lower tier. Um, yeah. What else did we have? We had a Goblin player. Dylan's played Goblins for the last three seasons. Yeah, we had Bretons. They did all right. We had um, Matt with his Undead. We had Orcs. Yeah, yeah it was an Orc team. We had, what do we have, 10 teams Yeah, because we, we had the two yeah, We had two divisions. divisions um, so, and look, realistically, I said I've got, at the moment, I've got a Goblin team and a Snotling team both sitting there ready mm-hmm. to go, but for Chris Kringle last year, Chris converted, ended up with me and converted up an entire high elf team. Um, and I would feel bad not running it. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though my plan was to play something a little bit wacky, I feel like I have to run these guys um, to at least get them on the board. We'll get them painted. We'll get yep. them finished. And then uh, we'll move on to something ridiculous. Yeah, we'll see how elves play this uh, new edition. I mean, you never that's know. That's the other half of it too, right? Yeah. Um, you could hang on to that trophy for a little yeah, while. In the last last eight days, it's it's two podium finishes <laughs> for two different events, um, neither of which really felt deserved. <laughs> no, no, definitely deserved. I mean, even, you know, you talk about your one night with, with Megan Adam. Um, you posted a picture of what you'd done yeah. and said, you know, I think your caption was, you know, made a start. I said, I think you finished. Like you there's, there's a lot to go. It looks incredible so far. Though. And I'm having that moment going, how much I have planned to get done by the end of December mm-hmm. and how much effort is going to have to go into this model to get it to where it is in my head. And I'm a little bit concerned about how I'm going to line all this up because there's yep. a few bits and shits coming that I need to get done. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, December's yeah. running out and I'm freaking out a little bit. How are we already in December? Anywho, that's my hobby. Yeah. So, shall we take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our talk about games. Done. So it has been eight days since we last recorded, um, but we got excited. We thought we'd do another one quickly. Uh, so we had a bit of a think. Well, I, I had a bit when of a think. When you said we. Yeah, it was me. 
Um, and I was thinking, what can we do? Like, we do have a number of games to play, but I thought it might be nice to do like a sort of a top five episode. And the first thing I thought I had was let's do a top five of our favourite games. Mm-hmm. And then realised instantly, Blood Bowl, yep. Malifaux, mm-hmm. Warcry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a problem there. We've done episodes on these, so... <laughs> Funnily enough, we're talking about games that we've, A, played and mm-hmm. really, really like, and they're the ones that we kind of did straight off yeah. the bat as... Because they're the ones you go to. If you're, if you're going to talk about games that you know, you've played, let's do the ones that we've played a lot and we know relatively well. Yeah, it, it makes it sound like we know what we're talking about, that that hooks you in, and then we get to just fumble our way through games that we've never seen before. Exactly. And then you're hooked, and then you're like, well, the first couple of episodes were okay. They yeah, said I'm right. a lot, and there was a lot of background noise or whatever, but, you know, they sounded like they knew what they were talking about. Uh, now, we're, now we're along for the ride. Um, now I've listened to 13 episodes of this, so I'm kind of stuck. You know, do I give up now? Or do I... I, I've got to complete the series. We're just relying <laughs> on that whole... More. Pokemon theory, yeah. Um, sorry. So, yeah, rather than do a top five games um, that we love, let's do a top five of games that we haven't played and that we are very interested in. So, obviously, stuff we haven't really talked about before and should give us you know, almost a bit of direction for a couple more episodes later on down the track. Yeah, and, I mean, here is the, the kicker is... Because when you said, oh, you know, top five games that you'd like to play, and I was like, well, there are a lot of games I would like to play. A lot of them I've already played some of and would like to play more of. Yep. I've played a lot of and would like to play more of. Or, like, and, you know, the clarifier was games that we have not played. Mm-hmm. Um, and disappointingly, being the, um, you know, I've got the attention span of a fucking seagull. Um, and more, games are kind of like chips. So more, more. Um, there's a lot of games that I've played like one or two games of, and then haven't got around to getting back yep. to it. And so they would cut, and it actually made it both easier and more challenging to come up with a list. <laughs> so I'm like shit, what haven't I played that I mm-hmm. really, really want to? Um, yeah, it was, it was a fun little exercise, and yeah, you know, almost just, homework. I know, right? (laughs) This is the most preparation I think I've done for an episode beyond playing a game. Yeah. Well, you had notes last episode. That was probably the first time I'd seen you with notes. Yeah. And look, I feel like that I almost had to because I didn't know, like there was no way I was going to remember what had changed. (laughs) Yep. Um, That was out of necessity. But also this one's kind of out of necessity because I would be fumbling my way through without a predefined list of stuff. Yep. so I see what you're doing here. You're just suggesting topics that force me to come vaguely more prepared than uh, usual. Becoming transparent in my old age. So yeah, anyway, we've we've done our little lists. We'll we'll talk a little bit about each game, and then hopefully, you know, sometime next year we might have some episodes about these. This is it because I feel like you know the other half of this is this is games that we haven't played, so some of them maybe harder for us to get out because we've actually got to get a hold of them mm-hmm. um, or work out how to play them when we have no idea and all of those things. So yep. that's kind of been the other the other challenge of this format of a podcast. We have to play a different game and I only know how to play so many. <laughs> um, 
Well, with our lists up and running, uh, we have top five. We've narrowed it down, and I think we've got a couple of honourable mentions too. So, do you want to hit us off first? Let's, yeah, let's let's go off. So, number one on the list when, and this was a really easy one. This was almost straight to the top of the list when you said games that you would like to play. Now, are you talking number one? Or are you talking? Honourable mention. No, no, number one. This was the yeah, first game I'd literally You're going said. number one. All I'm right, literally cool. going. Well, this was the way that it came about in my head when you said, give me the games mm-hmm. you would like to play. And I went, well, obviously the first one is Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yep. Um, so that was, that was kind of a no-brainer. And it's one I've been, literally had my finger on the buy button a number of times and managed to somehow restrain myself. There have been a couple of conversations about this, I know. So what is it about Marvel that so, intrigues you? Look, there's there's a few things that really tick the box. One is the universe. It's, mm-hmm. It just... There is so much in that. Um, and knowing full well that you're more of a DC than a Marvel guy. But... Um, <laughs> look, and I don't know whether it's, it's partially like some nostalgia we start talking you know avengers we start talking x-men and i'm talking mm-hmm. kind of like the the 90s cartoon yep. era of of all of the above um you then talk the entire marvel cinematic universe and everything that that's done for it um so that just that just the world is a really easy one to get into and the fact that it is all heroes all the time there's yep. no, none of this you know messing about with humans that are just going to be squished yep so it's all of that um it's skirmish scale which is the correct scale yes yeah um so it actually is a a relatively easy buy-in in that you only need a handful of models um the I actually really like the scale of the models they're 40 mil I -hmm. think um and they're so they're just a little bit bigger than yeah, your GW Space Marine, your, your 30 kind of to 28, 32 mil. Yep. So just as a, a hobby slash painting exercise, a little bit bigger, a little bit, um, you know, a little bit less paint on the eyes to try yep. and get all the details in and stuff, but a little bit more room just to stretch um, the, the hobby muscles, which is good. Um, and so I then, think, I think I have seen, now I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit here, but... I've definitely seen the Hulk model yes. in person. And I know a friend of mine, um, Dan, has... At least at one point he had all the models because he just paints and he paints amazingly. Mm-hmm. So he was painting them. So I know I've seen them, but I, I, that whole difference in scale no. didn't click. And on. probably the the difference there is... And the Hulk isn't one that I, I love as a sculpt. Mm-hmm. Um but also because Night Models originally had the yes. Marvel, and they had a Hulk model that was and Hulk really good. Was, yeah, it was twice as good as this one. And I feel like this one's not bad. They exaggerated the scale mm. with Hulk as well, yep. so I almost feel like the the Night Models one might even be bigger, just because they went next level yep. with the the scale exaggeration for that model specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but across the board. Just the 40 mil, just for human-sized models, is kind of cool. Um, they're kind of expanding into all of the, the different sort of realms that you can go. So they've got mm. the X-Men, they've got your Avengers, you've got your Guardians, you've got... Take your pick. Yep. Um, I'm of two minds about the idea that you can pretty much mix and match. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, you know, because it's all keyword-based hiring, but effectively, all of your heroes can work together. Mm-hmm. All of your villains can work together. And there's probably some rules that I don't know about. Um, Which they probably have done numerous yeah. times in the comics. And that was kind of the way that, you know, they're justifying it, for, for want of a better term, um, because... Yeah, at some stage, everybody's had to work together. Yep. Um, so I kind of get it from that end, and they didn't want to stop. They wanted to be as permissive as possible with those kind of hiring, given it's a relatively limited pool mm-hmm. of models to start with as well. So I get that. The part of the reason I haven't gone balls deep into this game so far is that um, I kind of want to go really classic themed faction yep. mm-hmm. thing, and I haven't decided which one I like the most. The most yep. uh, and that's probably because they're still relatively new. They're still releasing a bunch of models. So there's kind of a couple from each, but not a whole faction. Yep. Um, you know, you, you take, I looked at the, the Asgardians, for example, mm-hmm. Thor and Loki. Cool. But then you've got healer, uh, yep. you've got Valkyrie. Yep. And I kind of went, Oh, but it's, it's one of the bad Asgardians and one of the sort of not quite good, not quite bad yep. ones. Like, give me a Heimdall. Mm-hmm. Um, give me yes. a Sif. Yep. Give me a few of those. And I'm probably in. Um, so, you know, there, there are a few there that I just kind of went, oh, that's close. Spider-Verse is yep. pretty close. Um, yeah, their Venom model is one that I've looked at a few times. Um yeah, so it, it's kind of happening, but I'm looking at a few of the up-and-coming releases going, that's going to get me. Okay. So X-Men is the most recent Yeah, they've release. they've done a... Re- they've done a... Not necessarily a release, but a schedule of mm-hmm. what's coming. What's um, grabbing you? They're doing a new keyword, and I want to say, crap, is it A-Force? She-Hulk is the leader. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm pretty sure that's going to get you Captain Marvel, Storm. Like, it's basically a a who's who of the female models, which are always the nicer models, let's be honest. Um, So I'm curious to see what falls into that keyword, because that may may get me. Um, If my, on the mobile, the Marvel Strike Force is my just app of brainlessness, if my A-team of that is anything to go by, that is the keyword that will get me. Okay. Um, Makes sense. So, it just, yeah, we'll see what comes of it. I had a look at, yeah, some of the, the new mutants that came out. I'm looking at all of the available options, and there are too many. Um, so, but yeah, we're talking right scale, mm-hmm. both for the models and for the game. Um, I think it's got the right level of complexity and ease of playing like it it if a game goes too deep it gets too hard to get into yep and i feel like at the moment it's at a pretty good spot Mm -hmm. where you could play it um without having to spend three hours a day reading how to play it and staying across all the new stuff yeah which is always a, a detraction and throwing trucks at each other sounds like a great idea no, um, makes sense. There is there is really no losing here. Now, by all accounts, everyone I've spoken to who has played it has said it's just been fun. 
which funnily enough is why we play games most yes. of the time you know enough you know enough objective game and everything to to stretch the gray matter a little bit um some good hobby and just fun times i'm on board i think i played one game of the uh, marvel universe game where night models had it yep. um and we almost ran an enforcer brawl style thing where it was everyone take a model and just throw trucks at each other. And we did a lot of that, and it was a lot of fun. So if it's anything like that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm so on board. Intriguing. Yes. Um, for me, I did make my list, and then I went through and just had a think. and What I was going to put in? And then... No, no, I didn't think of you because I thought, well, oh. if we've got similar games or same games on our list and that's a good indication that maybe it's something we should look at a mm-hmm. bit seriously. Um, but I found out that most of mine on the list are really all about the IP. Mm-hmm. So if it's an IP that I'm interested in and there's a game involved, then that's usually what made it to my list. So uh, for me, number one, and I'm pretty sure this is not going to be on your list, but was Star Wars Legion. Yep. So... I have an Imperial Army for Legion. I have, I don't know, about 30 stormtroopers, some scout troopers, a couple of scout troopers on bikes. I've got Vader, Bosk. I have Boba. He's the only one which isn't painted, so 99% of my Legion models are painted, which is unusual for me. And I have no idea how the game plays. So haven't really looked at it in any shape or form. I know that I want to play it. Um, Fox from the, the Hobby Homies podcast is keen on giving it a go with me too. So he has played one or two games. So hopefully he has some sort of idea about the rules. Like, you know, if he knows, sound like Fox at all. But well, yeah. if, if he knows 2% of the rules, that's 2% more than I do. So... It's Star Wars. I grew up on Star Wars, and I've loved Star Wars for a long time. You know, Darth Vader, Boba Fett, Bosk, all the bad guys, they were they were my jam. They were the guys I went to. Um, Star Wars has never really lost it for me, even with the prequels, even with you know, the sequels and the issues that they had. Star Wars was my childhood. You know, my mum got sick of us watching the the films, so she would make us watch them with the sound off, and then got frustrated because we knew all the words by heart. So, you know, that's how much it's a part of me. I had so many toys growing up, and you know, with Mandalorian being what it is at the moment, I'm not going to speak into to that because I know that you haven't started watching it yet. Um. Correct. But that's just, oh, especially in the last episode, oh my God, like, uh, nerdgasm, like, for me, seriously, was the last episode. And the Star Wars game, I have tried Imperial Assault once, which I didn't mind, but never have had the chance to get back onto the table. But Star Wars Legion, that's one that, that has intrigued me. I've lo- I love the models. I love, it's Star Wars. Yeah, and that's me. So one day, one day soon, I will get a game in. Uh, fair call. I've I've seen a couple of games get played because I think they were running some tables at uh, I think I was at a paint class at House of War, and a couple of guys I used to yep. play Malifaux with were playing 
okay, on the table, yep. like behind us while mm-hmm. we were painting. So I had a little bit of a squiz, but you know, I have zero idea of what the game is like. Um, yeah, There's it, a lot of weird dice and you know range markers and stuff like that. That's all I really know. Yeah. Um, no, you, you do make a point. I think a lot of it, effectively, if you've got good IP, mm-hmm. you've got good models, and you've got a game that doesn't completely suck, you're in, in, in on something. Yep. And they've done a really good job with Legion, I think, on the the marketing, the price point, that it's an accessible game yeah, to get into. it's not expensive compared to most other games out there. Like, And equally, the models aren't particularly daunting to assemble. They're not. And a lot of them come with multi-poses. So, for example, the Bosks that I got, I mean, he would have been, for a major character in a game, 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, And comes with two poses. You can either build him with two hands on his gun or one hand holding the gun, one hand holding a grenade, you know. And they give you all those options. We did work with the grenade, of course. Correct. Um, Um, But, yeah, it's it's not an expensive game to get into. No, even, Which is especially why for it. a an army scale game, like when you've got multiple units of troops on the table, for that to be a thing is it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think half the problem for me with Legion at the moment is the limited number of factions and models available. Um, that seems to be the general consensus. But, I mean, is that there's only the four at the moment, at least. But I mean, there's Imperial. That's all. Well, I this need. is that's all you need, right? Um, that being said, if they did like a hut empire, is that that'd be a thing? Um, I'm still waiting for Gungans. I know you are. Um, <laughs> I mean that that's obviously the choice. Um, but anyway, just so I could do shitty voices all the way through the game, to be perfectly honest, um, Miss a roller one. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> I'm just like, these are people gonna die. Um, but also just how many actual Star Wars fans that would piss off is yep. kind of warming the cockles. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, as I said, as a game, it, it, they've done all the right things. It's accessible. They've done kind of the right thing with the release schedule and you release enough to get people hooked in and then you just start rolling out the yep. models and they've been consistent with it. Um, Even during COVID, there are a couple of new releases that, I mean, they were they came out and they would eventually hit shops. Yeah. But shops weren't open, so yeah, exactly. you can wait. Yeah, um, yeah it, it'll be interesting because am I right in thinking that that's moved to Atomic Mass? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it was Fantasy Flight, now it's Atomic Mass, which other same guys company, have to Marvel Crisis. Correct. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, so same company, but they've just kind of moved to the miniatures game. Um, mm-hmm. So Fantasy Flight can focus on the things that Fantasy Flight do. Yep. Um, but they've done a really good job. Um as I said, bringing it out, promoting it against what is really a saturated market of different games at the moment. Very much so. Um, yeah, I feel like it's going to be one that we're going to have to do. <laughs> it's coming. Um, so I'll have to work out how the hell I'm going to make that work. Well, look, even if you don't, I'll get a game in somewhere. It'll, it'll, it'll happen. I feel like it has to. Um, it, it It's too much part of the gaming scene at the moment for us not to touch on is the other half of it um unfortunately that also talks to a number of other games that i don't care for but anyway they won't be on this list that's fine that's correct um but anyway so that's number one for me 
Speaking of games that are not going to be on the other person's list, um, and this is this is where it's nice and safe, because um, you know, again, there was that kind of half thought going. I don't want to double up too much. Um, I need to play Infinity at some stage. I've already gone balls deep with the models. Um, not balls deep, but uh, oh, you know, at least the tip. Um, it's, this is it's not half, a surprise. It's really. half shaft. Um, it's funny though. Like Infinity has been one of those games that's been around forever. And I have resisted playing mm-hmm. for so long, intentionally, like purposely gone, this is a game I am not touching, um, for a couple of key reasons. One is the sheer amount of terrain required, um, which, you know, to play the game properly, you need a, a feral chunk of it. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot, but I don't have a lot that's kind of themed appropriately, and I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. You do have a printer. Yes, and maybe a whole bunch of files. But again, it's time. Yep. It takes so fucking long to print things. And, and because they're all new and futuristic, right, it, everything's kind of smooth, which means I have to up the print quality to make it look good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I Maybe some aftercare. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. to sand some stuff. Fuck. Um, so there's that. Um, the other half of it is because there is a bit of a... Um, blind deployment camouflage type thing where you can't always see the models on the table okay um it means that the models that you have spent god knows how long painting and assembling they're fucking metal so assembling um but painting and getting all ready and stuff then you don't have on mm-hmm. the table for a portion of the game to so just have a counter or something. yeah okay. and that upsets my sensibilities because it could be a yep. thing and it could just be a little drone or it could just be uh, distraction I don't mm-hmm. know um, so that kind of upset me uh, I'm not going to do this um, so that being said as I said the scene has been huge for a long time and I have to assume that's for a reason yep equally it's not a style of model aesthetic that I've really painted done much of mm-hmm. and that was kind of the initial attraction and I grabbed just a couple of random models for the Throw the Dice Diorama piece uh, and painted them and went, oh, these these actually paint up really, really nicely. As much as I hate metal, um, the quality of the cast is there. The cleanup is actually minimal. The detail is really, really crisp. Um, so they, they don't feel like a lot of effort to paint. Mm-hmm. Um it's something, you know, completely different. So you do get to kind of try different things and different looks. And, you know, I don't paint a lot of armor, yep. especially futuristic ones and stuff like that. So it's just different techniques and different things. And that's kind of what first got me. The models are really nice. And I found a whole range of them. I, I kind of really dig. Um, and I can't have all this stuff and not at least try and put them on the table. Um, so I mean, surely you've got enough for an army now. So surely I, you don't know. I assume so. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, I feel like it, it it will be one of those games that I will have a definitive list of things that I own Mm -hmm. and it will be the models that I like and then we'll paint up those. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, I don't really give any shits. So it's never going to be a game I really dive into, but it's feel, it would be one that I would like to be able to pick up and play if I wanted to on any given Sunday. Yeah. I have looked at the infinity models of it and to be quite honest, I have not found any that have really grabbed me. Um, I understand the style. I understand. I, you know, I don't mind them. 
It's not yeah. like you know they make my eyes vomit or anything like that, but nothing's grabbed me. So it's not something I've looked into. I did at one point buy some Infinity terrain, just a small blister of like little computer um, terminals because mm-hmm. they were quite cool, and I needed them for for like objectives for another game. So, but I haven't bought any models, and and there's just nothing's grabbed me yet. I haven't dive deep into it yep so yeah i'm not to say that it won't but at this stage it's not something that i have looked at too much no fair call and as i said it was one of those things that i i purposely avoided now i've heard wonderful things about the models and i heard wonderful things about the game and just went no i don't need another one Mm -hmm. And, and there's a couple of reasons i intentionally wouldn't play this um and that was kind of my rationale and my way of not doing that but i was also so very deep in other games at the time. Yep. I didn't have the time to play something. I have genuine concerns over, because I feel like it is one of those games that has a reasonably high level of complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure how well it will work as a pick up and play casual kind of game. I feel like it'll be, you know, I'll be that guy kind of fumbling my way through the rules yep. in every instance. Um but also, if you're just playing in a vacuum and who cares, yeah. who cares? Um, it's more that I've got stuff, I want to get it painted, and having games of things is a really good way to get me getting painted things. Yep. Totally get it. Um, well, my number two... So, intriguingly, you've already mentioned Marvel Crisis Protocol. I have. So, my number two is the Batman Miniatures game. so um uh similar it was it's done by night models and it's one of those games that sort of crept along and then all of a sudden i saw a picture of some of these miniatures somewhere and i'm like oh my god like how did i not know that there was a batman game Mm -hmm. and so let's you know you said half shaft. I'm probably three quarters. Oh. I bought like... If we talk about the first edition, like not the redo of the mm-hmm. game, if we talk about the first one, no, you, you've gone more than half. Oh, um, look, you know, I, I have bought 80 plus models for this game. I mean, the Night Miniatures, it was originally based off the Arkham Asylum computer games, which I love. And I love the imagery for all and... You know, everything about it just looked amazing to me. So I went hard, and it's only recently that I've been able to stop myself keep mm-hmm. buying these models because um, not only have I got heaps of them, but 99% of them aren't painted mm-hmm. because I am scared shitless of not doing them justice. I have painted Clayface because he's brown. And I have done a, I have done a, um, which one did I do? Batfleck. So I did the yep. the Ben Affleck Batman model just to try out the contrast. And because one of the things that was holding me off painting them was black. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, when the black contrast, when the contrast paints came out, black was the one I went, oh my God, now maybe finally I can paint black cloaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried it on a Batman uh, Batfleck model and legitimately 20 minutes painting and it looks it looks decent but i am scared and i am very very scared of not doing joker justice and i have six or seven different jokers 
Um, you know, there's the Arkham Asylum one, and then there's the the special limited edition Red Hood one, and then there's the uh, Killing Joke one with the, the Hawaiian shirt and mm-hmm. boxes, and the, uh, there's the Heath Ledger one. I have so many models. I have the rule books. Um, first and second, I think I believe they're on third ed, uh, but I believe it's PDF. Okay. So you can pretty much get it anyway. From what I've seen, it looks complicated to me. Yep. Which is what, you know, it's kind of held me off. I mean, I've got more than enough models to have a five, six, seven player game and supply all the models for. (laughs) So... And it's Batman. I really want to give it a go, and it's. But I want to do it justice, and so that involves reading through, getting you know your team list organised, which you know I've done multiple times. I've sat there and I've gone, okay, if I was to use a Batman crew, this, 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 and this is what I'd use. Uh, but then you know, read up on their skills and and see. A, how the play, the game plays. B, how these particular skills work within that game. And it just... I want to do it, and it scares me at the same time. So, um, you said before, I am a DC man more than I am a Marvel one. Absolutely. Batman, yeah. Yeah. Batman is big for me. Always has been. Always will be. I mean, my first comics were X-Men comics. Mm-hmm. But I moved pretty quickly. And you know, X Men get too confusing with the whole time travel bullshit. Oh, look, yeah. Anyway, I love I love X Men, and they will always have this nostalgia piece for me. I mean, I'm looking around the room, and I'm seeing this big Joker poster behind you, um, right next to a, a piece that that a very good mate of mine has drawn of Havoc and Wolverine, um, which I love to pieces. So they both hold special places in my hearts, but. Batman is my true love. Well, Joker is my true love. Yeah, Batman's his best friend, so they kind of go hand in hand. There is something to be said about abusive relationships in this. Yeah. Um, well, let's not go into the psychology of it. Look, it hits my honourable mention list. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably would have been on my main list. Yep. Um, up until the point that I got the Teen Titans box. And how upset I was over the quality of those <laughs> models. Um, to be perfectly honest, if they were still putting out models in metal mm-hmm. at the quality that they were doing the first edition ones, it would be a different conversation. Yep. So a lot of mine are first ed, second ed before they started doing resin. So a lot of mine are metal. Um, but, but they are a slightly smaller scale. They are. Which means that... F- and they're in a lot of different pieces, which means that Harley's... Arms, which are on, you know, on her hips, are very tiny. So, Um, so some of them are scary. Even for, and I think it was second ed, I grabbed a bunch of the Titans models. So Mm -hmm. I've got a a metal Starfire and uh, Cyclops and Batgirl and Cyborg. (laughs) Sorry, Um, look at the world. I am going to pull you up on this. Yeah, no, that's fine. Cyborg. Uh, Kid Flash, um, so a few of those that that were lovely, and um, I did. I painted the. I had a Nightwing, painted him, yep. and it wasn't too bad. But yeah, look, the the scale is noticeably smaller to paint, which is 
you know, kind of good, kind of bad. I feel like the detail isn't as defined. So, I mean, I remember when I was painting Nightwing, the kind of V on his <clears> chest was really hard to pick out and work out where it was. The lines were kind of really tiny. Um, it wasn't like a really obvious emblem or a you know embossed thing on his chest. Um, so they were challenging, but just they looked so good. Mm. But yeah, as I said, the the rage I felt with the the resin quality on the Teen Titans box made me so upset. Um, that being said. There's a whole bunch of things about the game I actually really like. The whole concept of, and I assume it's the same, hasn't changed, but the game is at night, so the vision of everybody is limited. That whole yep. concept is super cool. Um, the verticality of it, I actually really liked. The fact that you are talking, you know, flying and grappling hooks and all mm-hmm. kinds of craziness and, and potential for that. You need buildings yep. as scenery, really. I mean, you know, I've seen beautiful set pieces where, where people have got, like, full fun... You know, houses and, and yep. you know, what's that big wheel called? Ferris. Ferris, yeah, Ferris wheels and stuff like that, stuff like you've got. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, but the majority of it's, you know, high, high tall buildings with, you know, you can, if you're playing Batman, for example, you can grapple up and, and jump yeah, off and do all do that all kind of stuff. fun. And that was kind of the, the bit I loved. Um, look, probably the also the thing I really like that's more possible, I think, with the Batman game than Marvel in any format here is, I don't know why, but I seem to have this kind of preference for sidekick, mm-hmm. second kind of not primary characters. So the idea of um, Teen Titans, Young Justice, mm-hmm. that kind of thing really really tickles um really gets me in all the right places um let's not talk about children in that way um but so having those options yep. it was a really clear this is the way i'm getting into the game mm-hmm. um i had you know original plans for league of robins where you could do yep. all of the available robin models um you know it, damien red robin nightwing you could you do can it. even get the carry one carry in there yeah. yeah um that whole option was just, it was there, it was easy. Um, but the Teen Titans, as I said, it was kind of, uh, they had enough of the Young Justice mm-hmm. you could, you know, that you could kind of start pulling those models into it as well. I think they had a, um, oh shit, as I said, there was a Kid Flash, there was a Zatanna kicking mm-hmm. around. Um, I can't remember. They've done. Models for most people, like in Batman's world. It got to the stage where there was enough Mm. that you could do pretty much whatever you wanted. Um, So it was an easy one to go, this is faction. This is where where I want to dive in. That was probably the the dangerous bit. Um, I mean, also included into that, I suppose, is the, the DC Universe game. So it's kind of an offshoot. They have more models. Um... Well, different models that you can use for that. I think the general rules are fairly similar. I'm pretty sure the general rules were almost a direct port from the yeah. Marvel one, um, um, which was a lot simpler because mm-hmm. um, it was more about taking the biggest, meanest heroes and villains and just throwing cars at each yep. other. Um, I mean, you get you know you can get a box with Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, yeah. uh, Dark Sides in it. Batman Who Laughs. It's, yeah, but it's the biggest yep. and the baddest. Um, 
and I kind of I kind of liked the the Batman game on the scale of you, it wasn't always the super big bads. It was mm-hmm. it was heroes and villains. Yeah. But you had a real good mix of um you know, just the fact that the the Titans have an underdog rule. I don't know what it does, doesn't matter. Um <laughs> but I like the fact they have it. Definitely. Look, I've got I've invested too much money not to play it, but Look, I don't know when. I've got a Titans Crew Plus Extras, so mm-hmm. it, it's and I've got enough terrain that we can definitely bust out. Excellent. Um, buildings and you know some multi level stuff at least. We might have to make a day of it and you know continually refer to the the rules, but uh, let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, Lance. Go to. I'm just flicking through the list of potential options here and, and making decisions as I go. Yeah, I numbered mine. I'm like, you know, number one, that's my top one. You know, number two. I started like that, and then there's kind of a, a jumble in the middle of ones. Ones I don't know whether I want to make the most noted list or the the temporary list, and in mm-hmm. which order, and oh, it gets a little bit murky here. Um, so the one I'll chuck out at the moment, and I'm hoping it's it potentially a little bit of a uh, a left of field option here, but is the Warhammer Fantasy role playing game. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably that whole concept from the the sense of Dungeons and Dragons and all that. Um, super cool system. Super mm-hmm. love the concept of role playing. I've never done enough of it to to really dive in like properly i know that um the guys in the hobby homies are organizing a star wars one at the moment yep. and i kind of went oh, yeah. and then like it just i just feel like it's one of those ips and one of those worlds that i just don't know deeply enough to really get super immersed also yeah. everyone has a gun i don't get how that works at an rpg event like yeah, star wars was never really, it's not not your go-to no um if there is one IP that I feel like I know, like, like I would be the most comfortable in, it is that Warhammer Old World setting. Um, and that's kind of where this is all the right things, right? Mm-hmm. It's You've got that proper Warhammer Old World setting. You've got that fantasy element, which I tend to err to on the... If we went fantasy sci-fi, I would always go fantasy. Yep. Um, and the the role playing piece that I really feel like I haven't done enough of, um, and it's one of the, it, I never have played this particular game, um, so it was an easy one to sort of go. If I was going to pick one that I hadn't played, it would be that. I, I mean, I started off on my little journey gaming through role playing. So my grandmother bought me basic D&D's edition when I was like eight. Um, So I have numerous books around this house, which, you know, very many D&D books, Star Wars role-playing game books, you know, I played Vampire, I played, you know, Werewolf, I played um, Deadlands, Mm -hmm. which is pretty much a role-playing game of like Malifaux almost, you know, uses cards and stuff like that. Warhammer fantasy roleplay was my all-time favourite. I just loved the way it worked. I mean, I love the setting. I love the, you know, I mean, it's got Skaven in it. That's fine. Uh, we all know how I feel about Skaven, but just the progression. Like, you level up a character 
you get to choose, you know, what sort of stats that you're increasing. And then you get to a point. My cat's just going nuts. Yeah, no, he really wants to punch you. <laughs> That's my leg. Anyway. Um, you get enough experience, you can move from your profession to an, the next one. And those professions were always related. Yeah. You know, you could go from like a beggar to a bodyguard to an assassin. And you could you could plot your progression for your character well before you started playing the first session. So and have an idea about where you wanted to take this character. And it just had aspects that I just loved. And I do not have my Warhammer Fantasy book anymore. And it, it drives me insane. I mean, you know, growing up, me and my brother shared a few things. And, you know, when we you know left home or whatever, we sort of took... Um, the ones that were mostly ours, the ones that we mostly sort yeah. of played. But he was playing Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay at the time, I think. So yeah, that went just with the way him. It split happened. Just, just the way it split happened. And it's one of those ones that every time I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, yes. I would yep. love to play that again. I mean, this literally hit the list without me knowing anything about the actual gameplay mm. level up and everything. It was literally a case of. I want to put a role-playing game in there because it's one of those things I don't feel like we've done enough of or I've played enough of. Um, and if there was a an IP or a world that I would dive into head first, yep. it would be the original Warhammer one. Um, yep. I, I'm keen on this progression. Um, the other one that would have hit, if it wasn't a games that we have never played before, mm-hmm. it would be the Through the Breach, the Malifaux mm-hmm. would be the other one. But... Given the the rules of the game, uh, this is... Well, the, I like those that you've the taken two. the rules quite seriously, whereas you know, further on we progress, I might not have taken them as seriously. <laughs> we get a little bit grey. <laughs> grey on it. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, top notch. Like, kudos to you, sir. Um, for me, number three is Marvel Crisis. There it is. So, you know, you knew it was coming. It had to be a little bit further down the list than, than Batman simply because I am a DC They're the man. rules, right? Um, and it's something that I looked at. I'm like, okay, these models are kind of cool. You know, I wouldn't mind playing this. It's superheroes. It's fine. And then they started releasing the X-Men ones. And like I said, that's the first comics I had, X-Men comics all the way. And, yeah, the idea of playing... There's still not enough of them, in my opinion. So I don't think there's there's not a Nightcrawler model. There's not a Colossus, I don't believe. Um, Now Phoenix is right on your lap. (laughs) He's really going nuts, isn't he? I mean, I shouldn't have rolled in Katniss before I came. Uh, Um, You shouldn't give him any attention because he'll just soak it up. Um, But there's Wolverine. There's Sabretooth. There's... But how can you have a Wolverine without a Colossus is the problem. I know. Um, Fastball special, man. Yeah. Mm. But also the new X-Force. So there is now... True. Deadpool, Cable, Domino, Mm -hmm. Bob. See, my X-Force, the one I really enjoyed in the comics was was Wolverine, Deadpool, um, Archangel, Psylocke, and Phantomus, yeah. So, oh, yeah. No, look. Everything you've said already about it goes double for me, and it's now that the X Men models are 
hitting stores or about to hit stores or have you know already hit stores i am very keen and it is something that i will eventually pick up everything mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna have to happen yeah um so the and this you, you'll see a theme coming potentially with uh the games coming this is the first one and this is my sort of where am i up to number four mm-hmm. oh i have to pick one from the the notables <laughs> now um but here um so number four on the list for me is rising sun mm-hmm. um which i feel like had to come um and for context it's a board game is did he call me near not one? I don't even know. Um, it's done by the same people who do Blood Rage, mm-hmm. a few of those other ones. Um, I had seen Blood Rage played. I hadn't actually played it. I'd seen how much they crammed into the Kickstarter. Yep. And then I heard that they were doing a Kickstarter version of the game that was based more on a sort of uh, Japanese, mm-hmm. sort of Asian mythical. And I just went, right, I'm in happening yep. i'm getting in um i've heard nothing good about the game and nothing but good about the game that's yes. a key point um i saw how much they crammed into that kickstarter as stretch goals and extra stuff and how much i regretted not backing blood rage you went right i'm in mm-hmm. so i went in on rising sun i got you know boxes of stuff show up and extras and stretch goals and expansions and all that kind of fun um and i pulled it all out of the box and i looked at all the shiny models i had and how pretty the game was and i put it all back in the box and it's been in a cupboard ever since it seems to happen all too often sometimes especially with board games for me yeah um and i think you know part of that was i looked at it and went crap now i need a couple of people to play with because mm-hmm. i think it's kind of like a three three yep. or five player okay. uh, thing um and then I started going through the rule book and went, oh, no, this is confusing. And then I started watching it. I had a play and went, I don't know. I may, may not have been paying full attention, but it, it looked confusing. And I went, mm, no, I'll deal with it later. Mm. And and it's then, probably one of those ones which, you know, as you play it, will make sense. But maybe watching is not the... Not the way, no. And look, I'm probably not great for this podcast but I am not great at being the person to first learn a game mm-hmm. teach me a game and I'm all into it and I'm, I can go from there but give me a rule book or a how to play kind of video and say this is how you do it yeah I give it like a you know you, you're getting 60% of, of what I've got I feel like we're defining our roles in this podcast now um, <laughs> I'll give it a red hot go in a lot of instances but yeah I, I, I like to, to get the cliff notes version yep and then uh, skim through that. So I think, you know, part of the issue was I wasn't confident enough in knowing the rules to be able to run people through the game and introduce people to the game. I didn't know anyone who had played the game. Um, And then I started doing things like, well, I haven't played it. It's still brand new in box as the Kickstarter. Like, am I ever going to get around to this? Mm -hmm. Do I consider on selling do I consider using all of the shiny, shiny models that I have as part of this for some other game? Do yep. I bust them out and make them a uh, pick any kind of fantasy game and you can basically make a, an army or a crew or something out of the models okay. from here? Mm. So I started doing that kind of thing um, and I hadn't 
haven't actually moved on any of it. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. I have definitely passed on some games uh, which just weren't getting to the table, which I regret these days. So, and a lot of those are games that are out of print now that I won't get back. So, yeah. Look, realistically, every time I sell something hobby related, I regret it almost instantly. Mm. Um, even like bits and you know, just extras from shit I'll never use. Like invariably the second I sell something the next week, month, whatever, I go, Oh, I've got an idea. I'll do. Th- oh no, I don't have that anymore. Shit. Um, now I either have to buy another one <laughs> or, you know, it's something else. So, yeah. but look, rising sun, as I said, blood rage, got nothing but good reviews. So I thought the game was going to be solid. The, sheer value in what you got was incredible. The actual models that came from it, which were all pre-assembled plastic, mm-hmm. so there was a lot of... There was zero messing about putting bits together. Um, and you get a whole lot of, you know, monsters and demons and all of those, which are super cool. Um, it's just never having the time, inclination, energy or motivation yep. to put into learning it and getting people together that were happy for me to run them through when I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Yep. Fair call. Uh, well, number four for me is Necromunda. Ooh. So, I think I was trying to work out whether I was just being inspired um, from our Mordheim effort or not because Mordheim took me by surprise how much I enjoyed that. Necromunda is one that I've been looking at a little bit for a little while and mainly due to the Delac, Delac, the Dark City guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so bald, black trench coats. I just I love the look of those models and they're one of those ones that I've had in my G-Dub you know, gift list just in case, you know, I need to get to... 165 for a coin or whatever. <laughs> um, they were very nearly the thing that I, I pulled the pin on this Saturday, but ended up with the Warcrow book instead. Um, yeah, just something about them. It's it's more the models more than anything else. It's kind of me thinking I would love to play with these models, and if playing with them is kind of like a futuristic Mordheim, mm-hmm. then that sounds all good to me. I am intrigued by Necromunda. I have nearly pulled the pin and bought the the Xbox game a couple of times just to give it a go, yep. um, just to see what it's like, get an idea before, say, committing to a to a tabletop version. But it's yeah, it's one of those ones that's constantly there and constantly. I'm thinking, hmm, do I? Don't I? Do I? Don't I? Yeah, no, I feel that and. I mean, I suppose I was super excited about the re-release of Necromunda when it first came out mm-hmm. because I had played in, you know, late 90s high school back in the yep. day with a couple of mates and it was literally, you know, campaigns running in someone's garage or someone's mother's garage as yep. the case may be. Um, so I had, before that had even been released, I had a couple of full metal crews that needed some hobby and I started painting one in mm-hmm. prep for this uh, release and I got like one and a half models in and then the release dropped and it was because it was the first 
release of yep. Necromunda. It was all two dimensional. Mm-hmm. There was no like it was played on a board, and I kind of started losing interest at that point in time because it all had like sort of just different levels. I remember I definitely have played like one game of the old like way back when the original version came mm-hmm. out so i remember the scenery and it was kind of like the plastic and cardboard yeah you had the went, little yeah. plastic bulkheads and i can't remember yeah. anything about the game but i remember the scenery yeah and i mean i was the, the guys i was gaming with back in the day one of them was mad on terrain building and scratch mm-hmm. building a lot of terrain so he had gone and built multi-level tables of you know all this scratch build stuff from the back and it was incredible he was doing the same thing for more time funnily enough ruined buildings and he had you know um tables and crash chandeliers and stuff like all hand-built scratch built stuff it was incredible um and i remember playing necromunda there and just how much fun that was um and very much you know futuristic more time in the the campaign setting, um, kind of more like old forty k rules in the actual gameplay, okay. but meh, um, same same same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of lost interest with the new edition when they brought out the two D rules, and by the time they fixed that, mm-hmm. I was kind of you'd gone on to other gone things. on to other things, and it's never and it's always been there as an option. Um, but if you give me the option of Necromunda and Mordheim, I was choosing Mordheim. Yep. Um, and Mordheim has escaped. Yeah. Um, that being said, all of the new models that they're bringing out for them are really, really shiny. If they get to a stage where they bring out Spires, I'm probably not going to be able to not buy that box. Um, so if anyone playing at home, they are... Because the Underhive is kind of the... Not quite the slums, but it's kind of the the real kind of industrial um, area. If you go further up the spire or the the spire of Necromunda, the um, the spires were the kids of nobles yep. and stuff mm-hmm. that used to get this amazingly sort of detailed equipment as kind of a coming of age thing. They had to go down and survive and get like a kill tally or something before they were allowed graduate and become a, an actual full-fledged Love member it. of society. So they literally had mm. to go in like predator style, take skulls. Um, so the you story used to have, I love it. Yeah. So you used to have, as opposed to having 10 models, you'd get three or four maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were all super high tech, super crazy kind of abilities. Um, so firstly, only having a crew of like four models is a winner because you only have to paint like four models. Um, <laughs> And just the concept of having like you know four superheroes yep. up against the world, it was it was kind of cool. Um, but there's any yeah, there's quite a few. And I suppose the thing that's stopping me getting into Necromunda now, apart from the fact that we have like a thousand games, um, and we're just adding more this episode. We totally are. Um, it's kind of the extra expansions that they're doing at the moment. So recently they did... There seems to be a lot coming out. Yeah, because they're like doing faction books mm-hmm. with a couple of extra units for everything. So it's no longer just... Like previously it was all of your different houses had a leader, you had some gangers, 
um, you had a heavy and you had little juvie plebs mm-hmm. and that was it. And then how you customize them was kind of up to you. Um, but now they seem to be getting faction specific special guys and little animal critters and it's kind of just creeping out. Yep. And I suppose that breadth is the piece that's got me concerned. Yeah. I have seen a lot of those ones coming out recently. Um, no reason why we have to go that far. True. Um, no, just going flat out on the, you know, buy a crew, yeah, buy a box of dudes, make it happen. Look, you know, like I said, those Dark City guys, yeah. Uh, but then I'd have to decide which ones I wanted. They're the ones. So at some point, it's like there's there's a couple of GW models which are just there, and I just know. And that You're going crew to is one, and you know, Fabius Bile, the new model of that. Even though I have a perfectly good Fabius, and I don't play 40k I still kind of need that model anyway no it's yeah solid 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 game it's going to have to happen at some stage Um, especially if we can kind of do just you know weekend campaign kind of deal yep Um, bust out a bunch of different games watch guys level up and get injured and do stuff it'll be sweet Uh, sounds good I'm keen alright decisions all right i will go with my original so I, i've got two left because batman was on the most noted most okay, notable yep. list um and i actually had two for my sort of notable mentions list um so the other one and this is the original one that made the list um uh, before someone kindly reminded me of the other one that i'd forgotten about <laughs> um so on the theme of kickstarters i've backed and never played Weird Miniatures, who do Malifaux, mm-hmm. who I was, you know, basically engaged to at a point in time, um, brought out a game called The Other Side. Mm-hmm. So the whole premise of this is Malifaux is alternate Earth, but through a breach into an alternate reality. Mm-hmm. The Other Side is the Earth side of that breach. Okay, yep. Um, and with all the events that happened in Malifaux, you start getting other stuff come through the mm-hmm. breach and, and other, uh, other breaches open and stuff like that. So, um, you've got a, a couple of, couple of things that differ to Malifaux is the scale of the game in that it is actually more of a six by four army style mm-hmm. scale. Um, and I actually really like the way that they manage this in that your units are in what's called fire teams mm-hmm. and they've got if you've got maybe you know three or five guys in a fire team all of those bases sit in a bigger base that holds them all together so it's like that, a yes. built-in yep. movement tray kind of deal <laughs> so you get your, your fire teams there um so it's effectively large-scale army malifaux because it still uses the card mechanic from malifaux mm-hmm. to do stuff um and they had so it was, and I'm kind of two minds about, but pre-assembled plastic. Mm-hmm. So there's no assembly. Um, and it was kind of a slightly softer plastic than the um, standard Malfo yep. stuff, which I don't love as much. The detail isn't quite as crisp, but there's also zero effort required to get these things on the table unless you want to clean up that pre-assembly, mm-hmm. um, which is a maybe. Um but also just, like, I'd missed Army Scout games when that had come out. 
I was already in love with the idea of Malifaux and the idea of being able to bounce between here's what's happening in Malifaux and here's what's happening Earthside. Mm-hmm. Um, and play play those two things simultaneously is kind of cool. Um, Faction-wise, the way they, they split it up and made it different to Malifaux is it was very much geography-based. So you had the King's Empire, mm-hmm. a.k.a. England, um, as, as one. You had um, a... Bisnia, which is one of the African okay. nations, mm-hmm. as one, of, and they were basically like the Earth Wakanda. Let's go yep, with it. Okay. They were basically um, this really high tech African nation. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the one that I actually backed, the Cult of the Burning Man. Um, so that sounds cool. It, super cool. So <laughs> basically, you had as part of the Malifaux um, storyline the governor of Malifaux tried to ascend to like godhood mm-hmm. and became the burning man um which basically meant he was a giant flaming guy in the sky but this happened earth outside as well okay yep. and then you had a whole bunch of like doomsday prophets go well this is you know the end of the world is nigh he is our new messiah come to save us and so it's a bunch of really kind of ragtag crazy guys and all kinds of you know semi-mutated kind of guys from this okay. radiation and whatnot. Um, you've got the Gibbering Horde, which as um, kind of the name suggests, are monsters and critters and all kinds of nasties. Did they have teddies? They did not. They kind of stayed. And again, because it was more army yep. scale, these were the, the Gibbering Horde stuff were more almost kind of sea monstery, swamp monstery okay. kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like little crustacean shell looking guys and kind of, yeah, all that, all that kind of fun. Um, anyway, I was basically going, right, well, it's made by Weird Game, so I'm involved. I'm yep. 100% in. At that time, the back to the original Kickstarter, got a whole army of the, for the Cult of the Burning Man, and then the game kind of never really took off. Okay. So, there's a whole bunch of stuff. It's assembled. Um, and part of that was to do with weird... A whole bunch of different reasons from from company side of things, but kind of the support for it didn't keep going. Mm-hmm. They didn't keep releasing stuff and doing things. And, and it's kind of probably picked up now, but again, I've moved on. Yep. And all this stuff sat in the cupboard for God knows how long. Um so is this something? So you got your army through Kickstarter. Is this something that they have released? They have released. Regionally? It is available. All of the the army boxes and probably a bunch of other stuff that I haven't looked at because I haven't looked at it since um, has all happened. I know there's a few guys in Melbourne that are playing it. I know there's a car, guys in sort of Perth and WA mm-hmm. that are playing it, but I haven't really heard much about it. And it's kind of one of those games that you hear every once in a while, someone on a forum goes, hey, I found this game. Is anyone playing it? And then you just get crickets. Um, Okay. Mm. So it never really took off. Um, Or if it has, it's done it in little kind of vacuum sealed pockets around the place. Um, But I own all this stuff. That you need a password. It must be great. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming the game is good because it's made by the same guys that made Malifaux. And that game is amazing. Um, it's a little bit army scale, which I've... Look, it's the wrong scale um, for my the time I have available, but it's something that I've missed. Um, it's one I'd just kind of like to give a go and just see for myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. 
Intrigue. Anything kind of Malifaux related is has a nice little spot in my heart, really. Yeah. Just, you know, ever since that first teddy. I swear to God. Yeah, they get you. Yep. Um, so number five for me is the Battlestar Galactica board game. So this is pretty much Battlestar Galactica X-Wing, right? Okay. So yeah, yeah. You know, it plays. It looks like it plays similar. I finally got my hands on the, the starter box. So I have the starter box, which has um, a Viper and two Raiders. Maybe two, but you know, it's two Vipers, two Raiders. I do have the Starbuck Viper expansion, and I've got the Scar. Cylon Raider expansion, so I've got you know three models for each. I have played X-wing uh, a handful of times and didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. Never very good at it, no, because it involves like lots of forward thinking and also, I mean, it's kind of like Gaslands, you know, how you you're plotting your yes. path and then you've got to deal with what happens when people screw up your path and and you know. When you've already pre-set yes. your yeah, you, course you, of action. You thought two steps ahead and then your first step was stopped halfway and, and all of a sudden you're looking in a different direction. And, and yeah. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Uh, if you think Robo Rally. You played Robo Rally, the board game? I have played Robo Rally. That's really fun. Oh, that game frustrates the hell out of me and it's all for the same reason. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, uh, X-Wing, I didn't mind. It's it's Star Wars. I had to play it. Mm-hmm. Battlestar, I love the Battlestar IP, and so I had to get this. This game looks like X-Wing up another notch. Okay. I mean, there's not only your know, your turning points and your speed that you're going to going at. There's also it looks like your different levels. So your model could be one, you know, little. Yeah, you can uh, increase the size of the stand. Or two yeah, yeah. stick the end. So uh, it scares me a little bit just the... Um, I it, 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 Looking at the game, it looks probably a lot more complicated than it is, but it definitely it would have some aspects of that. Yes. Um, it's one of those games where I am sort of waiting to play it with my brother because my brother has played X-Wing quite a bit. He, you know, is an aeronautical engineer and has flown airplanes. This, this sort of game is right up his alley. Yep. So I am itching to play it. I don't expect to be any good at it, but it is Battlestar. I would totally want to give it a go and, you know... It's it like it said at the start. It's the the IPs, you know, Star Wars, Batman, Marvel, Warhammer, Battlestar. Mm-hmm. It's. I didn't even know this was a game until you were trying to buy it. Yes, um, which was funnily enough. Um, trying. I played. <laughs> I think I played X Wing once or twice, mm-hmm. but funnily enough, the game that got me actually really enjoying that mechanic of a game was Wings of Glory. Okay. Wings of War, Wings of Glory, mm-hmm. which is similar mechanic, but like World War Two yep. fighter plane. I know of it. Piece. I have not played um, the inter- It's kind of like X-Wing without the dice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole concept of, is if you are in range to shoot at a plane, you have shot and hit the plane. Okay. Um, 
So you just take that whole dice element out. So it all comes down to the manoeuvring piece. Um, I think they also have the altitude okay. piece, yep. but we just ignored that for yep. the purposes of learning Fair the enough. game. Um, so that was actually super fun. And then X-Wing was that with some extra complicated mm-hmm. stuff. And like I liked the X-Wing IP more than I liked the, the Wings of Glory IP. But I didn't like the extra complicating factors of having to roll dice and shields no. and stuff. Yeah. I have, like I said, I have played X-Wing. I've played it a handful of times. I, being Star Wars, I have more models than I, times I've played the game. Yep. So, you know, for instance, for example, Slave 1. I needed a Slave 1 model. Like, that just went without saying. Same thing with Battlestar. I needed a Starbuck model. You know, whether I actually ever played the game or not, I needed that model. So... I'm really appreciating you. You're needing models for characters that I may or may never have heard of. <laughs> like, I don't know, the, the amount of episodes of this podcast that I've talked about watching Battlestar for the umpteenth time and you know, they, they are redoing or there is another Battlestar TV show in the process, whether it's a revamp or a relaunch or... 30 years after, 50 years after, God knows what it is, uh, kind of intrigues and scares me at the same time because of how much I love the um, the remake. Okay, it's very difficult to say because, I mean, it's the whole 1979 version. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, but, you know, in recent in modern history. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the TV show just dealt with so much. It came out shortly after September 11, and there's talk, there's, everything's in it. You know, terrorism, you know, there's an episode where the humans are using suicide bombers against the silence. Okay. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it's that in-depth, and, you know, you spend your time watching it and going, okay, well, I was rooting for this person last episode, but I kind of hate them now. Um, everybody's so human. And it just, it blew my mind. It continues to blow my mind 15 years later when I rewatch it. Um, so I needed this game and I need to play it. I respect that completely. Look, realistically, it's a good base mechanic to start any game yep. on. It almost doesn't matter what the ip is but then you added an ip that you like and yes. there's no real losing i suppose x-wing got a lot of heat with competitive scenes mm. and needing to own them all to compete all that kind of yes. trash i do remember like you know your, your starter box comes with two um tie fighters yep but the really good tie fighter card came in the booster box booster pack which was just one tie fighter so you needed to buy that to be competitive i yeah. remember that much and then it just started to get to bigger toys yes. and, and all that kind of fun um but all told the game is fun like mm-hmm. just to bust out and play some and just move some spaceships around and, and shoot stuff it's yep. kind of cool um that's our list isn't it that's it have you got any more honorable mentions i do have honorable mentions and i suppose the really easy honourable mentions and the ones that I'll just rattle off really quickly are games that I'd played. I want to play more of, but mm-hmm. I, you know things like Gaslands would have made it yep. if we hadn't played Gaslands before. Um, We've played it once. Yeah, I think, and I feel like that that took it off the table. But that probably would have yep. made it onto the piece. Um, 
So there was a bunch of those kind of games where, uh, as I said, the um, the weird role-playing game through the breach mm-hmm. would have made it, but I've played it a couple of sessions. I um, uh, play-tested that game. Yep. Um, so, yeah, before I'd heard of teddies and throwing cards, I was facing a teddy in a role-playing game, and it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah, that was... It was sweet, and it's one of the few games that I've considered, like... Given my lack of experience in uh, role-playing, I've never considered the role of Game Master, mm. Dungeon Master or anything. And this is probably the one game that I would consider it to just get it happening. Um, and it's probably one of those that you would be really good at. You know the, the I feel the like, world. yeah, I know the IP enough that I could mm. probably go with it. Um, and also there is a lot of pre-made adventures for it. Mm. So it takes a lot of that leg work out yep. so I think that would be a winner but um, yeah so there's a few of those games that I played once or twice and went oh I suppose I can't include that because we've got <laughs> rules um, the other not honourable mention that I will give though I, I is, like all this talk about rules and I, I just sort of said yeah what's five games that we haven't played that we, um, you we said should that we haven't played I pretty, I pretty much said it like that or typed it like oh, that I think much. it was a text that was, message that was, but that was the message um, you've taken it as gospel. I, I love it. You gave me... I'm checking the message history now. Uh, <laughs> oh, I believe you. That's fine. You I'm reasonably sure it was etched in diamond at some stage to say... Um, All caps. Yeah. This was, bold font. Uh, where are we doing? Here we go. Uh, we talk way too much shit. No, they're yeah, I know. You're, you're scrolling oh, through is, all the crap. This is no good. All the messages, you know, like, when shall we record? Oh, there's, Saturday's there's a good. Lot of How's that. Saturday? Saturday's good with me. Yeah, there's way too much of this. I'm not going to be able to find it. Um, but then Saturday. But I'm reasonably it. sure it said, yeah, there was games that we hadn't played. Mm. Um, so oh, I look, that heard was that. definitely the, the because the other half of it was you wanted to hear my list of games. I'm like, mm, no, that that that's not how it works. Mm. Um, but anyway. We'll, we'll move on from that. So my other honourable mention, um, and this again falls into the realm of games that I have backed on Kickstarter and never played. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I backed this game specifically for the terrain that was available for them from the Kickstarter. Okay. Um, so, uh, and this again was when I was so far deep into Malifaux mm-hmm. that I couldn't have seen daylight with the telescope. So, um, Twisted which is a steampunk-style miniature skirmish-scale mm-hmm. miniatures game uh, from an Australian manufacturer, uh, Australian game designers, Australian sculptors, um, that was launched on Kickstarter. It must have been a couple of years ago now. Um, and when they first came out, so Miniature Scenery, which is a Melbourne, I think it's a Melbourne-based um, MDF mm-hmm. Uh, scenery or laser cutting kind yep. of place that designed some amazing stuff. They designed a bunch of scenery to go with uh, the Twisted game from release. Um, and it was all kind of Victorian era, era buildings, but think of Tim Burton designed Victorian era. So every, there was no straight lines on anything. Mm. It was all kind of a little bit wonky, a little bit kind of abstract. That was super cool. Um, stupidly fucking complex to put together, but... Um, Really nice kits. Um, so I bought a table's worth of terrain as part of the okay. Kickstarter. Yep. And with that, I got a copy of the game. 
as a side bonus basically and some other models and some stuff that came with it um but that was basically the way that i ended up with that rule book mm-hmm. um funnily enough the game comes with the rule book and some dice and tokens and stuff but the crew boxes were separate so the starter version of the game didn't give you the models to play the game okay um and that's probably part of the reason i haven't actually gone any further into this as well that being said the models are really, really nice and I've come close. Like, they've been another one of those that I've had my finger on the purchase trigger mm-hmm. a couple of times just to own the models. Um, they're all sculpted by a couple of amazing... Um, and again, hand-sculpted. They're probably... And I had this conversation, I think it was with Meg the other day, uh, Meg, when we were painting, when the question was put to her by someone else, what, what are the best... 28 to 32 mil models that you could get by. What would you buy? Mm-hmm. Pick anything. Um, I think this was after she was ragging on something about Games Workshop. Um, and they said, well, give me a good model because Games Workshop models are amazing. And this is what she came back with as the answer. Okay. Um, and these are effectively models that were designed for the game. So there's a real aesthetic and there's a lore and there's a background and they're, they're super cool. And they've got cool factions like the Dickensian factions mm-hmm. which is basically a bunch of like kids and you know what it, it's Oliver that Twist. kind of Oliver Twisty yep. kind of deal um, they've got some characters that are based on those characters so you have got an Oliver character um, there is a Jekyll and Hyde kind of deal mm-hmm. there's, there's a few of those kind of things there is a Servants of the Engine and the Engine is a big part of the game where it's kind of the the God Steam Engine kind of deal mm-hmm. so there's this whole sort of cult around that but all of the servants of the engine are almost like autonomous steam-powered robots. Okay. Super cool stuff. Um, clockwork horses and all kinds of fun there. Um, they've just done an Egyptian okay. kind of, but again, it's kind of like a steampunky Victorian Egyptian mm-hmm. theme. So when you say just done, so it's still going? This, they've just had another Kickstarter to release some more models to it, okay. some sort of you know bigger, meaner critters and stuff as well. Um, the Egyptians were released after the initial one, as far as I can remember. Um, and then they did the Guild of Harmony. Now, Guild of Harmony was an old website slash group made up of um, basically the creators of the game, sculptors and that kind of stuff. And that was kind of, I think it was their website or their company name at the time. Um, but there is literally a, a monkey magic style <laughs> steampunk <laughs> Victorian crew that is incredible um, and I've had them in the basket a couple of times and just not because I would also want them in resin because um, it would just be a little bit nicer um, but they're as I said apart from being really thematic and designed for the game they're designed by sculptors who design models for you know, painting and, and hobby before yep. before they're even thinking about a game. So they're actually... The, the level of attention to detail, the, you know, just the, the precision and the artistry in all of the models is incredible. So it's one of those games that... I don't even know how the game plays. There's some funky dice and stuff happens. Yeah, again, it's Victorian steampunk kind of horror. It's skirmish star scale... And I was playing Malifaux that much. I'm like, I don't need another game that hits very similar pieces. Yep. I do need all of that terrain, though. So that's how it ended up. 
Um, but more and more... you don't have much terrain. Well, I was running a lot of tournaments at this point in time, especially like Malifaux tournaments and like... What, Twitterfoe, the last one I ran was at least 50 players. So I need mm-hmm. 25 tables worth of terrain. And I wanted nice tables of terrain. Yeah. Um, and so this was one of my planned nice tables of terrain. I've assembled and painted most of it. Um, it's one of those. There is there is still a couple of kits that are in the shrink wrap because they were such a pain in the dick to assemble because there were so many parts for what is an MDF building. Okay. Um, but, like, because the... Not only it was just the building, but, like, they had the um, drain pipes and stuff attached and they were okay. all wonky shapes and whatnot. And then they oh. all need to get attached to the building and they had, you know, doors that were, like, get smart style vaults with bits in bits mm-hmm. on top of bits and it, again incredible but so much effort um i'd forgotten i owned all of that up until we got a message this week um by ben who literally sent us a message going um oh, i heard you were looking for ideas for games you guys should totally look at twisted it's you know an australian manufacturer the game's incredible we've played a bunch of it it's really, really cool. The models are amazing. I went, yeah, I know. <laughs> I turns out back to that years ago and never played it. I really should think about that. <laughs> and just the timing was impeccable. It literally like we was. I planning. think this message was Friday, wasn't it? Yeah. And we were planning on recording on Saturday. Yeah. It so. was like the fates, you know, just <laughs> conspired against me. Um, I just put one honourable mention and it's it's a mention. I don't know if it's honourable or not. Um, 40k. Yeah. Yeah, look, I have three probably decent-sized 40k armies. This is the game that I got it into first um, with any sort of gusto and just kept on buying models after models after models, year after year after year. Um, I have not played 40K since the month that 8th Ed came out. I had one game and they'd simplified the rules and it was quite good. I enjoyed myself. And since their ninth edition has come out and like it's been a good four plus years that I have not played this game. I wouldn't mind having a game. Mm-hmm. Um, 40Ks, I love the, the the world. I love the backstory, the, the lore that is in it. I love the models. I hate the fact that it's turn-based. So, you know, you play, you put your army down, I put my army down, we roll off, you win, you move forward, you shoot half my army, now it's my go. Um, I've ne- I was never big on definitely not on the competitive side. I've never done tournaments or anything. I've only ever played for fun. Um, and usually I would play big multiplayer games where we have like three on three and just have big armies and just go for it. And I wouldn't mind doing something like that with Ninth Ed to see what they've done. Mm-hmm. But that being said, if it doesn't happen, you know, it's not gonna. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. The, the five that I've listed are the ones I really want to play. 40K was one of those. Yeah. I 
it's you know, it intrigues me. The disappointing bit is forty k. Out of all the ones we've listed, forty k is probably the other one that's the easiest to make yes. happen. Um, I I have a bit of a love hate relationship with forty k. Um, in that, in the same deal. I love the the background and the lore and the world mm-hmm. and the everything. And it's so when you get into it, it is so dark. Um, you know, the Horace Heresy book series is amazing. Um, just flat out as a piece of fiction before you even put mm. the, a game around it. Um, I suppose for me, I started playing because I played again the fantasy sci-fi thing. I played Warhammer yep. Fantasy. Um, and then I can't even tell you what edition it must have been seventh edition, mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, a couple of the local guys were starting a, a little tournament down this way, yeah. um, Geelong Heresy. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that that had run. And I was gaming with them pretty regularly and catching up and said, you know what, bugger it, I'm going to paint up an army, I'm going to collect something. I'd also just bought an airbrush and I really wanted okay. to try it yep. out on something sort of big. So mm-hmm. tank, I wanted something that was like tank size to, to try it out on. Um, and went, so the stars aligned, I went, great, I'm going to paint up an army for Geelong Heresy and we'll enter that and we'll, we'll play some 40k. So yep. I painted up an Eldar army for that. Because the tanks were too cool not to yes. not to paint, um, they and just I did, scream airbrush. Yeah, and the the tournament size I was running was like twelve hundred points, which was kind of like not full batching into a crazy yep. huge scale at all. It was kind of not little tiny skirmish kill team, but it was it was kind of a, a good stepping stone for me to get into it. Um, so I played that, and then I played the next year. And we probably changed editions in between mm-hmm. there. And I, I actually played a few other little games. Like I played, there was a, a club that was playing really regularly um, in one of the bars in town mm-hmm. every weekend. And yep. I didn't have kids at this point in time. So I was playing a lot there. And I was bouncing between that Malifaux. Um, I, you know, bought and started painting at a Grey Knights army, uh, you know, because everyone needs to own a form of Space Marine. Um, yep. Got, Chaos. Yeah, Chaos that counts. So I took them to a couple of uh, tournaments. I and I ended up taking. It must have been with the new edition that dropped. I took the Eldar to like a little a games workshop or one of those hobby mm-hmm. stores was running like a little one day tournament, and I showed up, and I you know, had played forty k once you know in a blue moon mm-hmm. on a weekend or whatnot. Brand new edition. I hadn't had any really clue what I was doing. I kind of yep. got a summary of the changes and went, oh, off we go. And I won. Um, and fundamentally, I decided there was something wrong <laughs> with that. That should not have happened because <laughs> I was not the best player that day. Um, but it turned out, and not intentionally at all, but I had brought the most guns. Mm-hmm. And it turns out in a game where it's all about everyone has a gun. If you have the most guns, um, you're doing good. Because um, I just rolled a shit ton of dice. Um, and Eventually, they'll come up roses. And if you, you just pick the biggest nasty thing on the other side of the table and you roll a shit ton of dice at it, they take it off. And then yep. you do it to the next thing. <laughs> and I did that for the entire day and won a tournament. And went, now nah, this is silly. Mm. Um, and that was about the last game of 40k I played. Because the eye stopped, also stopped getting involved in the tournaments when you started getting Forge World stuff getting allowed. Yep. Um, 
because I, I just watched one tournament and there was no longer miniatures on the table. They were like maximiatures. Um, yeah. Like everything was a foot tall. Um, and it seems counterintuitive, but it didn't seem... Because I'm that person that takes a foot tall giant mm-hmm. to a Warhammer game. But when everyone was doing it, it wasn't cool. And then knights became a thing. Yep. And then, I don't know, it just seemed to be who had the biggest, newest, shiniest toy wins. And... I wasn't so keen on that. No, I've never been that keen on that sort of idea. I like what you say about the tournament, though, because that's exactly how I decided Xbox was for me and not PlayStation. Because friends and I, we were playing online fairly regularly. We were playing Call of Duty 4 way back when. Um, And I was okay. You know, I held my own. My my teammates would carry me majority of the time. Mm-hmm. And then one night I was around and played on my brother-in-law's PlayStation solo. And I won. And I'm like, I am not this good. So I'm going to go back to Xbox <laughs> where I know I'm mediocre. <laughs> Yep. Something is wrong with this situation. Caliber um, of players on PlayStation were not what I was looking for that night. Um, yeah, no, there was just something fundamental. So I always enjoyed it. I've still got... I kept all of the Eldar that I had painted, mm-hmm. um, which is basically still, like, fully painted and finished and was a happy with, which is basically that, you know, 1200.4s from Thanks. the original Geelong <laughs> uh, Heresy back in the day, um, and sold off everything else. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of, at some stage, bought a Space Marine Army, painted like three things and then sold that. Yep. Just went, you know, I'm not actually going to play this game. Who am I kidding? Um, yeah, I keep thinking about it. And the thing that will get me, and we'll have this conversation <laughs> many times, I really, really appreciate the shitness that is the old sort of 90s era some of those models, in particular, <laughs> the original Tyranid, Tyranid models. And I would really appreciate seeing them or having an opportunity with some of those to paint them without the primary colours that we used in the GW scheme back in the day and go, I wonder how if you can make these look not the shittest things on the table um, because they are atrocious. They are so bad. And I kind of want to get to a stage where I've got a small and again it just needs to be small just needs to be enough to put on a table and have a couple of games um, of some of those models where like the old warriors are the ones I'm looking at yep. um, and I never understood because they look so bad and then they're related to Gene Steelers which always but Gene Steelers came out first and they looked amazing and Gene Steelers always look good so I couldn't possibly use them um, no. but and so the warriors, the, the, even the old um, termigans, the flying ones, they were mm-hmm. atrocious. I mean, these models still stack up, but the old carnifex still need to happen. Um, <laughs> they were cool, the, the screamer killer ones. Um, I feel like there's some potential there to put together just a small little army of, of the shittest models that you had from back in the 90s um, and just for poops and chucks you have talked about this and I've promised you that if you do it I will make you play them that is the thing that would make me play 40k again (laughs) Um, but I almost feel like it would need to be at a tournament in public so people could cry (laughs) Um, 
just just so I could ruin people's hobbies. Just so it's the same, you know, why reason I would play Gungans in Legion. Um, (laughs) I just, I really, I really want to see that happen. I really do. I just need to find them cheap enough, and it'll happen. Like if I can find a bunch of cheap ass old, like there's there's a bunch of those old models. Like if I can get hold of an old Nagash, like the old metal Nagash. It'd almost be tempting. It's so bad. <laughs> oh dear. Well, that's that's my list. Have you got anything more? No, as I uh, we talk for hours about stupid I, shit. But I think we've been going for long enough. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just a quick look at the computer, and yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, shall we talk about what's on? Because there's stuff on now. Is there stuff on? There, there is, st- is stuff on. Like COVID just sort of disappeared. We're back to normal. Touch wood. Um, you know, we, you know, Dictator Dan, as they call him, is reducing, you know, some of the restrictions again tonight. Yeah, I think it all, there's some, some changes again coming through this weekend. Yeah. I think that means we can have a 30-player event in your house. That sounds good. Um, um, I don't know where we'd put everybody, but... Uh, we'll just play one game of 40k on the table here. It'd be good. Oh, we could play... 15 games of Blood Bowl. <laughs> now we're talking. That's <laughs> a party. Um, yeah, when, I, when I first built my house and I moved in, because again, this was pre-children, I worked yep. out I could have like a 20-player event at my house and I had everything to be able to facilitate yep. that um, and it never happened. And then I had children, so it would never, <laughs> it's never going to happen now. But, um, oh, dear. But, I mean, you know, long story short is that Everything that that we've needed to do, we've done, COVID is at a good place at the moment. Hopefully, you know, we don't want any more Just emotionally, it's feeling a little bit better about <sighs> it, so. Yeah. But that means that people have got stuff on. So, um, I'll talk about the, 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 the big one first, and big as in big store. So, Geelong Warhammer um, have a couple of painting competitions going yes. at the moment uh they have the mini of the month so if you did get your hands on the death guard model that went out for free yesterday and when i picked mine up early yesterday afternoon i believe that was the last one so if you got in yesterday they, they are going quick they are um so if you did get one then you can enter that uh, and look I'm, I'm really hoping that people who did make the effort to go in and get mm-hmm. something for nothing, because it literally is something yeah. for nothing, also make the effort to paint that for the goddamn competition. Oh, damn straight. Um, you know, having a look at the entries for the Witch Elf one, of which there were, you know, a handful of. Yep. And all of them were really amazing, but I guarantee the store had more than a handful of models. Yes. Um, so I only got my, like I said, I got, I've got um, Clinton's son's one that he didn't need. Uh, so I only got <laughs> it. Screw that kid. It's kicked him and stole his mods. You shook him for his lunch money I while I was there. I didn't. Um, but I only got that, I think I got that a week before the end of the month. So, you know, yeah, by the time you, I got around to it. for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm quite happy with my Goblin Green Room. Um, but yeah, the Death Guard one, I'm totally going to paint. I'm totally painting that thing up. I don't expect to win anything or, or get any votes, but I, it's Death Guard, man. I love Death Guard. Uh, so there's that on. They also have, is it the Golden Skull that you're yes. joining in with? Yes, so the, and that's a Christmas Eve event, and it's literally just 
a Games Workshop model diorama, do a thing, mm-hmm. put it in. It's kind of an open painting competition. I think they're actually going to judge it, judge it, as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, you know popularity contest it, which is good. Uh, which yeah, I'm on board with. So okay, I, I said I just kind of needed a, a kick up the ass to paint something to a semi decent standard. So yep, totally. Um, and the other one they have is the the yearly lucky dip. So oh, that's I yeah. love this one too. So the whole premise on this is you go and you buy a model mm-hmm. and you buy a paint, yep, and that goes into like a lucky dip thing. And then you when after everyone's done that, you go in and you pick out a model and a paint, yep, and you have to paint that model with, with that, that paint. paint. I love it. I I actually really enjoy any of those models where they take out an element of choice and force you to do a yep. thing. In the same way, I really enjoyed they did a Space Marine one where you had to randomize the color scheme. Yes. They had all the chapters mm-hmm. there and you had to roll on the, the chapter chart and that was what you got. Um, I just... It, it, a, look, it takes a level of thinking out for me, which I appreciate. But B, just forcing you to think outside the box and give you some parameters to work in, it, it's, it's actually a really nice little challenge. Yeah. And I'd love seeing some of the stuff that came up last year. Um, and it's quite easy too so you just yeah you buy your model buy your paint stick them in then when it comes to pick up time you pick a random one um all the entries are going to be the same cost so you're basically spending you know up to x amount and if you your model and your paint is less than that then the difference is a gift voucher so Mm -hmm. that everybody's getting you're not getting screwed yeah exactly so it's wonderful idea um and can't wait to see what happens there uh, so that's Warhammer, GW, um, Throw the Dice. They've just finished the Sprue Challenge. They have, but um, he has announced Summer Smash. He has announced Summer Smash, which I'm pretty sure is currently full. Um, mm-hmm. So Summer Smash is the Age of Sigmar tournament that um, Richie runs out of Throw the Dice. Um, I think it had... 40 spots from memory, That's 30 or 40 right. spots yep. from memory that was sold basically as he announced it, mm. it was done. Wow. Um, okay. That being said, that was 40 spots based on the restrictions that they had at the time of opening. Which and changes tomorrow. He is opening more spots as restrictions allow. Mm-hmm. Um, so the event's not till February. Yep. Sometime. Feb, yeah. End of um, Jan, early Feb, something yep. like that. So. Basically, as spots become available, it's um, he's going to open it up. And looking at what's happened out of you know the Age of Sigma tournaments that are mm-hmm. happening, and there's been a few that have, have come around just from around the traps. Um, they've all filled up super quick. But it looks like people are just gagging to get to a weekend where they yes. can roll some dice and and you know uh, play some catch games. up again, play some games, all that kind of fun. Was Summer Smash the one that you went to? And he does too. Went. He does. He does a summer one and a winter one, and I yep. can't remember whether I went to the summer one or the winter one. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it being cold, so maybe it was the summer one. Um, yeah, and that was the the one mm-hmm. and only Age of Sigmar event I ever made. Um, but yeah, no, I came in, I came and did a wander around, and yeah, like the I mean, it was just so so beautiful to look at. Again, amazing models, amazing. Um, and it's a really good local community where everybody's having an absolute blast and just, you know, heckling each other from across the room. It's good fun. Um, so if you do get a chance to go into any of those those events and, and have a look, as I said, I assume there'll be a, a winter one as well, but yep. Summer Smash, if you if you hear of more uh, slots opening, try, try and get in there. 
It's run by Rich, and Rich, he runs these things very well. He's done this once or twice before. It is a tight ship. Excellent. Yeah, um, yeah no, that's, that's definitely happening. And look, the, good, the other good news out of this is that there are more events happening in store. There are more people playing some games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's running... Um, I'm watching Infinity, I'm watching Malifaux, I'm watching X-Wing, a bunch of stuff getting played, um, War Machine and stuff in store. So we were in there playing some War Cry and some Blood Bowl the other night. Um, So you can actually get in and and just chat. We had a hobby session in there in the store the other day. It Mm -hmm. was really cool just to book a space and just have some other people to chat to so you're not doing it by yourself. It's just a a really great funky little store to, to play in. And, you know, I've done it a couple of times. And I'll do it as often as I get a leave pass from the wife. So. Yeah, pretty much where I'm at too, which are probably on uh, short supply soon. So yes. I'm going to get as many Cash as I can now. now. That's it. She's on board with that concept though, so it's good. Excellent. Um, and then the only other event that I have to mention that I think is probably really important is uh, Season 4 of the Fisty Cuffs Cup. Well, yes, absolutely. A, uh, local Geelong Blood Bowl League. Um, so if anybody is keen on it, it will be a super cash, super keen, so casual new man. season of Blood Bowl. Um, getting give it a taste, even if you haven't played and you're just keen to give it a go. Um, give us a yell. We're we're very laid back. It's basically you know you'll play each other team once generally, and then there'll be finals, finals and, and stuff, maybe yeah. semi finals depending on how many people you have. Um, each game, you've got two weeks to play it, and it's totally up to you and your opponent as to when you organise that. And if you can't make it within that two weeks, then depending on what your next opponent's doing, then you can push it out yeah, a little like bit more. Try- we don't. We would much rather people play the game than stick to a time limit. So. This is it. So realistically, the dream is there's theoretically a game every fortnight, so every two weeks, right? But... Play that before you play the next one. Yeah. And don't hold all your other opponents up. That's pretty much Uh, it. It's basically the dream. And look, if people need to forfeit because life gets in the way, then life gets in the way and we all move on. Yeah. Like, no one's losing any sleep out of this. Yeah, we'd all love to play some more games, but Mm -hmm. everyone's super reasonable and and super cash and just keen to get get together and roll some dice when we can. Yeah. So if you're interested, by all means, hit us up. Um, I do try and make things very simple for new players as well so if you are a new player that only played once or twice or maybe never at all uh, you're at least your first two matches I'll put you against experienced coaches who will teach you and will take the time to go you know this is how you're playing this is you know yep. these are your options here why don't you try something like this or maybe you know and give you pointers and teach you how hopefully that gives you an indication on the level of seriousness because yeah, yeah I, I i've definitely told people exactly how to beat me before today oh, i've done it so many um, times and you know i've told them i've had so many people say to me okay well you know great game you've won um, there's no way I can beat you. I'm like, well, actually, if you do this and then this and then this, there's your option. I mean, it involves rolling three, five plus rolls in a row. Look, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. If, if and you, then if you want to give it a red hot crack, they will give it a red hot crack, and they will undoubtedly do it. Mm. Um, Unless you're but, playing vampires, so Chris. <laughs> but that's that's how we play. You know, I would much rather take four hours for your first game and show you the ropes and have you understand the game and have fun than 
you know, put you against somebody who would not do that and might beat if, you. In. If there is someone, it's all about if there is someone who would not do that, they're not playing. Um, yes, and that it, is very true. The so the only other difference is it's somebody else who's a new player who doesn't have the same capability, which is why we try and match up with somebody mm. with a little bit more experience for those first game or two to give you some some legs, and then it's you know go off and and, and fly. We just kick you from the nest. It is all about having fun, and if you're playing to win, like above all else, then I don't think that's fun on either player. So it's not, you know, we we are so laid back; it's not fun. This is anyway. about this is about having fun playing blah blah, not who has the most ability to play blah, and who is winning and yeah. stuff. Um, says the two guys who have won the last couple I know, of seasons. It's ridiculous, but, uh, which is why I'm trying to play some really stupid teams. I have so many lined up that I am... I mean, I expected Underworld to do a lot worse, to be quite honest, but anyway. Um, so we've got that. If Again, if you are interested in Blood Bowl, want to give it a go, by all means, hit us up. Hit us up on uh, Facebook or, you know, have a quick look at the website. Like we said, hyphen league.com um, the other one that I have is is that rain? you think it's rain wow okay cool uh, the other one that I have is the Hobby Homies terrain tournament has just finished has that is their spring competition which means that their summer competition has opened uh, it involves doing a model to do with summer Okay. Yeah, I'm not too sure how they came up with that correlation, but um, by all means, jump on. There's three months to do that. You got so shit tons of time. Shit tons of time. You can leave it to the last minute, just like I did with the train tournament, and then not do it. Um, but don't do that. No, definitely. <laughs> three months to do something. And look, this is what I like about it because, you know, summer, you can do absolutely anything. I have ideas. Um, there's like the fun bit is if your your game of choice right is Necromunda, mm-hmm. there is no difference between summer and winter and anything in the depths of the Underhive. So paint whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, um, oh, that's true. So you know, think about it. You know, how how does you know summer work on Fenris? Um, yeah, if we're talking forty k. That being said, there is something to be. It's, there is kind of some joy in any orc in a bikini. So mm. also, let's let's talk options. Well, I'm try- I, I just just now just thought, well, maybe like a blood bowl miniature, paint up the miniature, but on the base just have like sand and a beach towel. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Just Plenty of options. So um, and yeah, that'll go until the end of summer. So it started started this month so you've got three months pretty much yeah um that's probably about it from us while the um we get the to background noise anyway yeah, so um so thanks very much for listening both of you um if you want to give us a follow on facebook spotify podbeam send us a review leave us comments send us messages like ben did which yep. was absolutely spot Super on perfect handy. yeah otherwise just flaming bags of shit on the doorstep is also acceptable that's fine just message us on facebook for our addresses yeah thanks for listening laters cheers <laughs>